Greetings and welcome once again to another episode of the Retro Talk with Sephora Podcast. The only show that celebrates all the things that make growing up awesome. We are part of the Yorkening and NBR Podcast Networks. And as always, we are brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for. I'm your host, Nintendo, and with me as always are my 64-bit cohorts. Here's I, Steve. It's a me, Stevio. That's right, you are Stevio. <laughs> so long, Big Bowser. <laughs> so long, Game Bowser. And 8-bit Alchema. Ikimagoka. That was well, not I your mean, best Ikimago. That was would, not your best. I think you should dude. have a do-over. Should I have a do-over? Mm-hmm. Do it right now. Only because okay, I right. know you're so good at it. <clears throat> all right, all right, all right. Hold on. Three, <clears throat> two, <clears throat> one. Ikimagoka. That's pretty good. That's better. Okay. That'll do. I'll do for now. That'll do, Pig. That'll do. <laughs> All right, so today's episode is uh, actually this is our sixty fourth episode. That is shut up! I know, right? Like he, it's crazy. <laughs> I know. It's a lot. It's and, a lot. And uh, so, of course, we gotta talk about the N sixty four on our sixty fourth episode. <laughs> we just had to. We just had to. I mean, originally we had a Halloween themed uh, episode planned out. But we couldn't pass this up. This is right. This it's way like, too fun. Oh this my is god! The way. This, this is this episode is... sixty-four. Shit. Yes, <laughs> this is episode sixty-four. It has to be about the N sixty-four. Right. No and, ifs, and what's, we, what's about it. And we just had a a great Halloween episode that Eight Bit hosted about candy and costumes and cool stories and stuff. And then you know we got another scary episode coming up, but it, I think it'll just air the first week of uh november instead and whatever yeah so, whatever yeah okay so close enough to halloween yeah 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 you'll I mean, get every, it i mean it's, it's halloween though yeah, it's so. close enough if you squint real hard just it's fine yeah, yeah. <laughs> squint your eyes and cross them you know whatever so yeah so we're going to talk about the n64 which is possibly one of the worst nintendo consoles out there Shut your mouth. But, Shut your goddamn whore mouth. But, <laughs> no, it really, it really is. It really is. But it's funny because it's the it's the Nintendo system that me and my generation like really officially grew up with. Because the Super Nintendo, for the most part, was too. We were like like us '90s kids were too young for. So yes. almost everybody that I know and and grew up playing games like N64 is there like king shit. Mm. Yeah. And and so I fi- I find like that to be really really interesting. But yeah. you're right. It's it's definitely it's definitely on the bottom of the N- of the Nintendo uh, pantheon here. Right. But it has so much nostalgia. And I mean I don't hate the system. Um. It's it is definitely like one of my least favorite ones. Good. Don't um, hate. Hate. Don't, don't hate. Don't Joe. hate. Don't, don't hate. hate Hating is bad. Um. <laughs> I do. It's 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 also the the first console I believe that has a four player port built into the system. Like oh. right out the gate, yeah. Like right out the gate, yeah. They're like, we're all about the Mario Party, <laughs> Mario Kart, uh, right, right. Smash Bros. You know, yeah, plan- they plan for that shit. Golden Eye sixty four, right? Like Banzo Tui's oft overlooked first person shooter multiplayer game bonus mode that everybody knows about. <laughs> right? Yeah. Where, where, right, you know, right, you're just right, shooting yeah. shooting eggs out of Kazooie's face. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> that's where eggs come from. That's where eggs come from. You know, right. I think that um, I, I mean, I agree that it's it's not a favorite system of mine per se, but I think that it's um, it it's only because it it did that thing, and I've described this before. That I think it's always dangerous to come out on the cusp of new technology because yes. at the time it it seems exciting because it's it's new and it's 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 different, and you're like, oh my god look at this. It's a, it's a 3d world I can explore and all this stuff. And at the time it really is amazing, mm-hmm. but yeah. it's at the beginning of all of that. So to go back to it, it's like not a big deal anymore. It's not no longer groundbreaking. It's like, that's not special today. And yeah. <clears throat> the graphics just aren't that good. So at the time yeah. it's like, you are forgiving the bad graphics. Cause we went from super Nintendo which got pretty like amazing with the sprites. So mm-hmm. they had taken the art form of, of, you know, pixels to like an incredible level by the end of the N64. I mean, by the end of the, uh, sorry, Super Nintendo. It was yep. just so freaking beautiful, some of the games. And like, you know, I mean, look at, I mean, Demon's Crest is, I, I still think one of the most beautiful freaking it is. sprite games. Yep. It's just incredible. And then you're going from that to even something like, Mario 64, which was is still a game that people love and can go back and play one of the one of the, you know, few that I think most would agree is still a good game. But the it doesn't it doesn't look good. It just yeah. looks terrible um, at the time, though. It's like, oh, I don't care that it doesn't look amazing. It doesn't matter because look at all I can do. So, you know, now that's just that's worn off. But we're left with yeah. just an OK looking game or in some cases, a terrible looking game. Um, but for sure, it, you have to push that envelope into new territory. Otherwise, it'll, you know, never get pushed. So it, it just it just has to happen. I think you're never going to yeah. like radically enter a new wave of technology at its pinnacle. It's just going to be at the basement level. That's just what you got to do. So right. it, I think it's a, a very important system, I would say. For sure. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of weird how, um, you know, despite having the. Uh, the Sega Saturn and PlayStation being disc-based, and the N64 came out after those systems, and they still stuck with cartridge, mm-hmm. which is kind of odd. Mm-hmm. Um, they just felt like the the uh, CD-based games is not the future, and right. they were absolutely wrong on that. Absolutely, we wrong believe on that. that CDs were the future, yes. but Nintendo had other thoughts on that. They stayed mm. with the cartridge for some reason. Oh, yes. man, that's such a good jingle. I remember that jingle. It was yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And funny enough, they did have a disk drive called the uh, N64DD, which AKA is the attachment. The, the like, what was it? The um, What was the other name for it? Oh, no, the, I'm thinking of the Ultra 64. Ultra, which was, yeah, that was, was the, the, N64's, the original like, name for the N64. Prototype yeah. name. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, the N64DD. Yeah. And apparently that failed in Japan, and that's why we never got it. It's like, well, I mean, I felt like they should have just done that in the first place. You know right. what came out for the N64 DD? What? The sequel to Mario Paint. Yes. Oh, that's right. That's yes. Right. Mario's, yes. Uh, Mario's designer studio, which was originally going to be like, I don't know, I don't know, maybe four or five uh, you know, various different software packages. Like each each game you would buy would be something different. It would be like you know, Illustrator, Animator, um, 3D animation, whatever. And I think they had to like really 
reduce uh, the number of, of softwares that they were able to provide for it because it was it just wasn't that successful of a platform. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess you know there was some some people got some traction out of the, the you know spiritual sequel to Mario Paint, which is like in hindsight would have been pretty cool to play around with like 3D animation and stuff like that. Oh yeah, in, a, in an approachable way like that, you know, it could have been really fun to yeah. have in the states. For sure. For sure. Yeah. For sure. All right. So, anyways, um, the N64 came out in March. Uh, no, I'm sorry, September of 1996. And uh, Steve and I were in high school when this system came out. Yeah. Uh, which was a million years ago. And um, <laughs> yeah, and one of the some of the, the games that came out for the system were uh, Super Mario 64 and uh, what was the other one? Pilot Wing 64. Right. Which has the um, chillest soundtrack in the all, yeah. all fucking N64. Oh my God. It's yeah. still, I still listen to it. It's still mm-hmm. good. Yeah. I mean, the game itself wasn't that good, but no, no, but the music was pretty good for sure. Oh. Um, and of course, no, Super Mario 64 is very iconic. Yes. Um, because a couple it, people played first, it. Yeah. Couple, yeah. Just a few. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, it didn't age very well, but it still it was, feels it was, good. It still uh, feels it, good. Mm, I, I, I gotta disagree. I think it aged weirdly well. Like as much really? as it doesn't look look good or whatever, yeah. um, I think it still plays. Yeah, I think it good. still feels really good to play. Like, yes. Yeah. Like it's it just yeah, doesn't bizarre. look bizarre. It just yeah. doesn't look good. It, yeah. That right. that's fair for sure. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't yep. look good. But yeah. But gameplay wise, it's like so incredibly tight. Yes. Um. Yeah. I th- I think Super Mario 64 is is kind of a marvel especially since it was like a launch game. Yeah. And there yeah. are other games that came out like, you know, years and years later and people could not master the technology as much as Mario 64 did. Yeah. Right. It's like so insane, but yeah, it's crazy. Like yeah, I remember very- thinking, I remember us all saying like, "Oh my god, this is so good. Can you imagine when they do a Castlevania?" Yes. And then they finally did they and, did, and it, it was just terrible. Was, in our opinion, terrible. It's weird. I have discovered that in the Castlevania community, there is a small but very vocal uh, segment of the uh, the fandom that just that's their favorite game. It, nothing it, wrong with that. N64 totally, Castlevania. It, it, huh? I, I always thought that nobody liked it at all. Uh, hmm. That was my experience. Like every single person I ever talked to hated it. I hated it. Uh, yeah. I don't see any redeeming factor in it. Like I, I would can't I can't imagine like playing it for more than half an hour, but yeah, I couldn't um, get through it. But people, yeah, there there are totally people who love Castlevania sixty four a lot. I and, gave it a uh, lot of honest tries, and I could never really get anywhere or have that much fun with it. Yeah, and I think the time I got the farthest was after you know after reading some people really loved the game, and they said you gotta you gotta give yeah. it a chance, you gotta give it time and whatnot. And I'm like, okay. I guess I'll try. And I got to the part in the game where like you have to mix the potions to make a dynamite and then like you you can't jump at yeah, all or, or, or fall or, for like yeah. any amount of like any vertical space without Those detonating it and killing yeah. yourself. Yeah. And so oh I got to God, that part yeah. and was like, okay. Mm, yeah, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, shit but, like that drove me nuts. Right. Yeah, I think it I think it played horribly and and I guess that's my 
my point. Yeah. I mean, even if you yes. love the game, yes. you cannot say it played as, as good as Mario 64. It's like not even right. freaking close. Nope. So, um, so I, th- I think that that's that, oddly enough, though, it was, uh, it received like some decent scores. This was brought up to me one time where somebody was like trying to defend their position on loving the game, which you don't ever have to do. You can like something and it doesn't matter. Oh, but, yeah. um, you know, this person was uh, like, well, you know, this this game had like fantastic scores from all these big magazines. And I'm like, really? And I went, went out and actually uh, found some uh, old scores, which is pretty easy because I am. I mean, uh, not IMDb uh, Wikipedia collects that kind of stuff a lot of the time. And yeah. um, yeah, so EGM had it at a eight point seven five out of ten. GamePro wow. gave it four and a half out of five stars. Uh, GameSpot huh. gave it an eight point two out of ten. IGN eight point two out of ten. Nintendo Dojo seven point three out of ten. And then there are some, you know, some bad scores too. There's like a Game Revolution C minus, GameCritics.com five point five. Uh, but yeah, I mean, those are the, the big magazines that are the ones people checked. were telling you that it was an amazing game. So it's, it's kind of interesting. I don't know quite why it it it, it skirted that. It's, it's so hard for fringe games to like series like Castlevania to get great scores. I feel like I don't know. It's I mean, I guess maybe 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 Castlevania always has good scores. I don't know what, what the hell am I talking about? But that that's surprisingly weird because at the time that it came out, we were not so you know smitten by the 3D that we're like, but it's a great game. It's yeah. like, no, it's yeah, it I, just, I couldn't it I couldn't bad. get past it. But yeah, but Mario 64, on the other hand, came out three years earlier. It was a launch title. And for some reason, it's just it controls just so good. I mean, yep. You you threw exactly the right amount of baby penguins off cliffs. Exactly the amount. Oh, there was wanted. no messing that up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, it was baby just penguin throw every time. Ba- baby penguin apocalypse. <laughs> baby it's, penguin. It's it's worth failing. It's worth failing. It just is the. It is. It's the most despicable you can be with Mario. Just kill. Still, still kill to this day. Those baby penguins, and then the mama. Gets all mad and tries to kill you. And she goes, meow, 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 meow. And you're like, oh, oh I can't get the star now. But it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You know, I, I, did, did not I, censor did, that. I did the same thing with the cats in uh, Bowser's Fury. We had oh, to yeah. save all the cats. <laughs> I was just like, pick them up and just throw them in the lava. <laughs> to see what would happen. It would just respawn. <laughs> like, yeah, that's no you fun. know what happens when you throw a cat? Into lava. <laughs> the same thing that happens. The same things else. that happens, thing happens to everything else. <laughs> oh, Meow. Hallie. Thanks, Storm. Thanks, Hallie. Meow. Meow. So yeah. N64, we're gonna we're gonna be talking about some of our favorites today, right? Yeah, we get, we yes. each have two picks. Before we get in, can we just can we just mention the controller? Oh yes. god. Let's mention how terrible that controller is. <laughs> it's definitely one of the all-time weirdest video game controls. like what were they thinking yeah it's definitely like, the like N64 who green with this <laughs> <laughs> it's it's very weird looking it almost looks like it's a like a jet or something like yeah you gotta figure like how the fuck do you think about how to control a three-dimensional space right like it had never been done before mm-hmm. so like yeah. i mean obviously this was not the best controller to go with, but I can't blame them for not knowing what the fuck to do with it. 
And and yeah. I mean, it, it did ultimately end up working despite everyone having a different opinion on how to hold it. Which, <laughs> right. Which which my answer is it depended on the game you're playing. Of course. Like, yes. like yes. It, there wasn't one way to hold it. Hmm. But yeah, no, it's a seriously whack ass controller. It's very yeah. strange looking. I mean, you do get used to it for sure. Yeah, you can, you can get used to it. But I, I agree. Like sometimes, you know, for this one game, you are never going to use the D pad. Uh, for me, for me, the uh, the biggest two flaws that the thing had, because you can get accustomed to it, is uh, I, I never liked the feel of the D pad. I never yes. liked the. Yeah, the it was that, bad. Yeah, just just the the pushing of it never felt really good. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't know. a satisfying press. It kind of was just like a soft, like smush. Yeah, it's a you're like press mm. and it never felt good. So I didn't like, however, whatever the technology that, you know, however they seeded that um, I didn't like that. And I also think that the, you know, in general, the, the joystick worked, it wasn't that bad, but if you had the thing for a few years and you used it a lot, um, it's just plastic joystick on and it has a plastic collar basically around it. That's protecting the controller, but um, it's, it's plastic on plastic. So you would end up with like, uh, like it would wear out and, and you have like plastic like, create like dust. dust you'd have this white stuff. It looked like it always looked like there was just a little, just a little bit of cocaine. Just a little bit of cocaine. A little bit of cocaine. A little bit of cocaine. Yeah, yeah. You got to keep blowing away the cocaine. It's like, what the fuck? Why does this? And I remember not understanding why there was white dust all the time down there. And eventually I'm like, oh, my God, it's it's literally breaking down. Right. As I'm using it, it's it's breaking down. So I think that was just a flawed, you know, component. You know, they, they could have, you know, chosen a probably a less cheap little piece but um you know it was it was the first controller that was expensive i don't think that game controllers were more than 15 20 bucks like oh really uh, yeah i mean you know maybe the advantage was 40 for the nes but like to buy a nintendo controller or a super nintendo controller they weren't expensive i mean yeah i think this was the first one that was i think this was like 50 bucks or something 50 or 60 I, i'm pretty sure but they came in different colors which was fun mm-hmm. so at yeah. least you know oh you got your four ports um to play multiplayer games with you know your local buddies and uh and you know you why not get all different color controllers so my was... all-time friggin favorite glacial purple you know the see-through right. plastic to see the inside components i got I, everything i, I humanly one, I possibly could in that color yeah I remember yeah, that yeah, sure. you had your Game Boy and stuff. My Game Boy Color and that, <laughs> yeah. I remember but, I had because because the initials controller is always gray, and so I had the gray, yeah. and then I bought a black, a green, and a blue. That's what those yeah. ones mm-hmm. I had. But that that was that was fun. It's just a little touch, but you know whatever. You know it's like oh get the colors you want, but yeah, I remember them being a, a little on the pricey side at the time. Yeah, but. You know. It's so funny. I'm so accustomed to controllers being expensive now, like eighty fucking dollars, that I never even thought about the the pricing of the N64 controller back then. Well, you know, I uh, I mean, I'm sure we could look it up to see what the initial price was when it first came out. I'm not actually positive. I just am going by memory, but uh, I believe you. If that helps. It said, um, <laughs> well. It says how much was 
So the N64 was 199 when it originally came out. Okay. And um uh I don't know. I'm not I'm not quite sure uh what to believe here because I'm doing this so quickly, but um it's saying how much did an N64 controller originally cost, but they're they're just talking about current prices. So um I, I'm not really sure. But I uh, I am reading what's the uh what are the rarest colors? Apparently the rarest According to this, this could be wrong, is the DK banana controller. It's yellow, yeah. but it also has banana like it looks like all the three pieces that you would hold are like they have like brown stripes on the bottom to make them look like bananas. Yeah, I, I recall yeah. that one. The other one I remember was not the DK banana controller, but it came with the Donkey Kong Country 64 um, like system bundle. And that mm-hmm. was a see-through green, green, yeah, system, yeah, see-through green system, and a see-through green controller. And I, rem- yes. I believe that was the only way to get that. I loved that. I, it I was totally so cool. remember that. Yeah, it was super, super cool looking. Yeah, I think this was also around the same time that IMAX were coming out. This was like when Macintosh was for the first time not lame, and they came out with the iMac, and like Jeff Goldblum did the commercials, and it was basically like you know the first computer that was all in the monitor at that had never happened before. Yep. And yep, it was just still this big bulky thing, but they were all white and a color and they were kind of like that see-through glacial purple and like the green, like you're talking about, it can sort of look like that. And yep. uh, they were just, it was super trendy. It was, I remember it coming out when I was in like first couple of years of college and um, it was like the first time they were trying to like just market I don't know, fashion for your computer. It's just weird, but like, well, what, what color do you want? Right. Like what green do you want, or orange man? or blue or yellow or red or pink or whatever? They, you know, it's kind of weird, but so I think those N64 controllers sort of were around that time. I bet that would make a lot of sense. Yep. Where they were starting to like, you know, give you choices. Oh, it's different colors, whatever. But anyway, and Definitely a weird controller for sure, but yeah, yeah it's, sure. it's part of the charm of of what makes the N sixty four the N sixty four because nothing, no, no graphics on any other system quite look like N sixty four graphics, and yeah. the controller you're never going to mistake for another controller, yeah, and stuff. So it's very itself, that's for sure. Right. Yeah, and one of the the, the big things that the N sixty four did too was uh, they had some type of a fog technology type thing. Oh yes. Where where uh, a lot of games would have to like render, uh, render uh, space or whatever. Like the further away you're looking, uh, they uh, they have to like generate like at a certain speed or whatever. And the N64 is wasn't like that fast at generating like graphics. So what they did was they decided to hide it with fog with a lot of these games, right. like with 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 the. Uh, Super Mario 64, Ocarina of Time, uh, mm-hmm. even Shadows of the Empire, uh, Castlevania, like all these games had that weird fog effect in the they background, sure which I thought was was neat. It was a good way to to hide the flaw. Yeah, totally a creative solution to a problem for sure. And you never yeah. really noticed it. Like, I never felt like, oh, what's with all the fog in these games? Like, I, right. I never really know. It's just right. hazy in the distance and it sort of just looked correct. So, yeah, that, yeah. that yeah, yeah. that's cool. It's good solution yeah, very, for sure. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So let's jump into uh, some of our 
our favorite games or games that you know we liked. Yeah. First oh on. yeah. And uh, I'll start off with a little bit of a sin and punishment. I know this, this game. Such uh, a deep dive, my friend. It is such a deep dive, and the and the odd thing is we never got it here in the states. So I didn't actually play this game until it came out on the Wii Virtual Console. Right, and, myself um, included. Yeah, and I loved it. I loved it. I thought um, it was very challenging. I don't think I've ever beaten it, but um, I thought it was a lot of fun. It was an on-rail shooter, and you get you. It kind of plays like oh, what's the best game I can describe it? Uh, like space, not space harrier. Space uh, harrier. No, is it space I, harrier. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think space harrier is is the closest thing. Yeah, or the three D World Runner on the NES. Kind of like you see the back of the character and you're shooting like. Oh yeah. And you're yeah. moving your guy like around along moving with the reticle around. that you're shooting yes. with. Uh, yes. Three. Do you say three D World Runner? Did you yes. say that? Yeah, yes. yeah, that that yeah. yeah, or space harrier. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and uh, I thought it was a, a lot of fun. Um. The graphics were actually pretty good, and honestly, I, I will say I think the graphics held up held up on on this game. Yeah, it yeah. does look but, really good. Yeah, it looks really good, and of course, no, they not of course, but they they released a sequel called Sin Punishment uh, Star Successor on the Wii in two thousand nine, and that's the one that I actually beat, and I freaking adore that game. Oh, it wow. is so goddamn good i want to see another sin punishment game for the switch i think that would be awesome i played that one on the switch i mean not on the switch on the wii and i really liked it um i can't remember if i beat it or not but i think uh i think one of the things that was tricky about the original was the controls and i thought that the yes or the the new version remake sequel whatever uh had so many more buttons that you could deal with on the Wii that I it just felt a lot more natural. Like it, yes. it just played really well. Yes. Um, but yeah, definitely. That was a very cool. cool yeah. I mean, I, I feel like uh, Nintendo should have waited the next generation to release the original Santa Punishment because I feel like the, the, the Wii nunchuck controller would feel a lot more smoother than using the the joystick on the N64 controller. Yeah. Yeah. You know I mean, it's, it's, it's like a, it's a perfect fit. I feel, you know, this, this game got great, great reviews. I'm looking at it now and like, it's, they're all nines. They're all like from everywhere. Pretty much. Yeah. It's really, a solid game. It really got good reviews. It's, it's, was it made so, by treasure? It, yeah. I was just going to say that it was made yeah. by treasure. Same. So this company, for those who don't realize like, man, they, they specialized in freaking sleeper hits. They they uh, like just made a this they had this track record of making these games that just did not make a splash when they were first released and then uh, and then later became renowned as like hidden treasure type classics. Um, Gunstar Heroes was their first game for the Genesis and that is yeah. just a, a hugely loved game. Um, Played a lot also, of that game. McDonald's yeah. Treasureland Adventure site for the Sega Genesis. Yep. Isn't Which that is the just, one that people love or is it McKids? So so there's so both of those. Um McDonald's Treasure Land Adventure is the one where you play as Ronald McDonald and the graphics are amazing. Uh McKids is the one or no Mick actually Mac. no McKids is a different game. Mick and no, Mac Global Gladiators is the one where you play as the two kids and you have I thought, I thought one was like super loved. 
I don't. I I can't I remember which remember. one. I think I don't it's, remember. I think it might be the other one. They also did um, Alien Soldier for the for the Genesis, yes. which is yep. just such a fun game. And yep. they did yep. Mischief Makers for the N sixty four, a game that eight bit. I am Loved. surprised you did not choose for tonight. Well, you know what's funny is. I kind of love the N64 for its really weird fucking games. You know, yeah. I love it for its popular yes. games as well, but I love the ones that like nobody talks about and I used to rent all the time. And yeah, yeah Mischief Makers definitely was one of them. I mean, holla at you boys for the Shake Shake. I mean, can I get a Shake Shake up in here? Let's hear it. Shake 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 for those who don't know, uh, because I'm sure it's all of you, uh, in this game, the whole deal was you would pick random shit up and you would just shake it up and down. And the main character, Marina, would go, shake, shake. And uh, and I don't know, you the, like the whole fucking gimmick was shaking different things, solving different puzzles. It was a very rare two-dimensional game on the N64. Yes, like the was, graphics yeah, were like say, a, yeah. they're like a pseudo like three-dimensional you know sprite you know it, it looks like they took a 3d model and then crushed it down into just a two-dimensional object but kind of like what um, they did with the donkey kong country right kind of like right a graphics. lot like that yeah. yep um but i mean when i rented the game i rented it because i'm like oh the artwork looks cool i've never heard of this game and then it was a two-dimensional game that played almost exclusively with the d-pad and i'm like okay this is super weird and i love this i want more 2d games on the n64 and there really yeah. just weren't too many um yeah because yeah. they're just trying to leave that behind so hard exactly yeah. but hell hell yeah uh mischief makers and tre yeah treasure treasure so sin and punishment added to the friggin' list another n64 game of theirs that's awesome yeah they're just yeah. a cult Love darling it. company yeah. like that's their thing they just they just make these like long string of just cult classic games it's funny but i i've never played sin and punishment but i remember you finding it joe and like loving it and telling us all yeah. about it and stuff but i've never played it myself but it's it seems cool the graphics look great like it yeah. really i it feel does it's look a hidden really gem. good it's a it's a hidden gem i feel yeah yeah it is and, and, and because it only States, came anyways. out in europe and japan it's like it's so yeah weird. yeah the guy on saying why they didn't bring it over to the u.s so did Kinda it play odd. would you say it played similar to panzer dragoon like a little bit yep Yes. yes, except your character was firmly planted on the ground. So okay. unlike unlike Space Harrier and unlike um, Panzer Dragoon, you couldn't fly all over the screen necessarily. Like you would have to move your guy back and forth on a on the, like a, a flat piece of ground, and sometimes you'd have to like jump over stuff. Yes, as, as you're moving and whatever, and you're you know you're shooting up on the screen up in the sky, but your character is still on the ground. So you got to make sure he doesn't run into shit. Or whatever and jump over different things and it really like it is not an easy game to just pick it's up and not. be good at like you yeah. have to really fucking train your brain to be like okay i gotta pay attention oh to so everything. so uh like uh wild guns yeah uh yeah in a yeah. sense, yeah, in a in sense a, yeah in a sense yeah um except sin punishment is, is more like a rail shooter so you're constantly moving your character oh, moves right. on its own whereas wild but, guns but is can, like a shooting control, gallery gotcha. yeah gotcha Yep. Well, sounds cool. I've yeah, never gotten to try fun. it. And I, I would I would love to try it, honestly. I'm not sure how I could play yeah, it. I, I kinda want I, I have it on, on my Wii. I should hook it up and play it. I kind of want to friggin' buy it. You just you just want people to touch your God. Wii. That's that's the thing with that's, you. Well Wii. that's I'm not gonna deny that. <laughs> 
I mean, you're, you're, you have a dusty Wii, man. Well, you gotta old. dust off that Wii and just, you know, use it once in a while. Just waggle just, it. Just, just, just blow on it. Just, the, just blow on the joystick. Blow, blow, the, blow, just, just blow the dust off it. Yeah, get the, mm. get the cocaine out of the joystick. Just blow right <laughs> on it. That's, that's just, this is a fact. That's what you got to do. There's, there's no just innuendo. <laughs> Let's just do it. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm feeling a little under the weather today. Blech. So, uh, so uh, all right, so let's move on. Uh, Parasite Steve, what do you have? So I am going to switch it up because as, I don't know, as, as 8-Bit was talking, he said something that made me go, what the hell am I doing? Like, I got to do, I got to do one that's like a little bit of a deep dive. So I, okay, I was going to do Ocarina of Time, but look, like everybody knows this game. Everyone knows that. One, everybody yeah. knows Ocarina of Time. It's, it's an amazing game. It's, it's one of the most popular Zelda games, period. It introduced so many amazing fucking things that were in every game after pretty much, you know, the Z targeting where you could actually, you know, hone in on one enemy and circle around them and actually sword fight. And that was so fun and felt so good. And, yeah. you know, all the races that they introduced, like the Gorons and the Zora and the Garudas and stuff. And Right. It's like hugely important. It's a really important game. It's an amazing game. It's it's also the first Zelda game that I actually beat because I never really, you know, I've we've said before, we've talked about Zelda and we did our Zelda 2 episode for the Crow's Nest, Tim and I over the summer. And we're just we're yeah. just not like huge old Zelda fans. But this was the first one that I um personally went through i never even played the link to the past really uh on super nintendo for some reason because i just felt like zelda's not my series i don't play zelda that's what huh. i always felt like. right right but um anyway so ocarina of time you know there's not nothing more to really say i don't think it's it's an amazing game definitely one of the gems of the series oh I mean, man of, i of think i system. know what you're gonna do i think i know what you're gonna do i'm so excited all right okay right. i don't know i i, it, I, I i'm i'm just gonna shut up Okay, so I I've chosen a game. So none of us chose another one of the most popular games, which is Mario Kart 64. So instead of choosing Mario Kart 64, I'm going to showcase the game that I preferred over Mario Kart 64, which I felt like for some freaking reason got like none of the popularity because it was so eclipsed by Mario Kart. But I thought was a much better game, which is Diddy Kong Racing. Is that hell? Yeah, it's not what I was thinking of, but it makes a ton of sense. What you don't want to know what I was thinking of? I was thinking of Shadowgate 64. Oh, OK. No, that I do love. Uh, I do love that game. That game was really fun. I didn't even think of that, actually. Yeah, Shadowgate 64 was a was a game I definitely had a good time with for sure. Uh, but Diddy Kong Racing, totally fun game uh, developed and published by Rare. Um, just a really like innovative kart racing game that did yeah. a bunch of stuff. It had like uh sort of an overworld, like, you know, where you would drive around almost like Mario in the castle where you're going, you know, to choose what level you want to pick by going in the right uh, painting. It was kind of like that. There was like this, you know, sort of beach area and then it would connect to like a cave system. And then you kind of, go through that and then it'd be other things but the levels were like all in weird places you'd really have to learn where the levels were and it was very like different and i mean maybe that was annoying for some people i don't know but i thought it was really fun and uh so a little bit 
less intuitive than Mario where he's jumping in the paintings and they're kind of everywhere and the castle's not that huge. Like it's it's not small, small, but you know, this is a little yeah. bit bigger. But you could um you could choose from 10 different characters and they were all new characters we had never seen before, with the exception of the titular Diddy Kong, who's obviously from Donkey Kong Country. And um some of these uh characters that they had made up were being groomed and uh they were hoping to spin off into their own series. The uh the only two that I believe that happened with are um obviously the most famous is Banjo. Hi, I'm Banjo. <laughs> I'm Banjo. Uh and he looked very different than he ended up looking in Banjo sure Kazooie. But uh Banjo Kazooie is another amazing game we could have chosen. And uh 8-bit and I were humongous fans of Banjo Kazooie. Um, but uh, Banjo and then also uh, Conkers, the, the squirrel who is in Conkers Bad Fur Day, also for the N64. And he yep. was uh, in a Game Boy game. What was it called? Conkers, Conkers Pocket Tales. Pocket Tales. And that had so, come out first before right. they decided to go the route of, uh, of making it an adult property. Uh, right, right. So, you know, it really uh, it was just they were just all like cute just generic animal mascots. Like none of them were really that memorable, but um, anyway, it, so you could choose whoever you want to be. And then they had their own stats and stuff. And, uh, Oh, my favorite was tip Tup, the turtle, which yep. is just the and cutest I, name for it. And I loved, I loved Bumpa, who was a badger. He's actually, he's actually on the badger. cover too. He's actually on the cover. Oh, tip Tup. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He, I, he would go. I, I, I had the physical copy, so I'm looking right at it. <laughs> you go. I'm tip Tup. Oh, yeah, he did like a little <laughs> Pillsbury Doughboy thing. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, uh, I was always tipped up. But uh, yeah, you. so the, the super fun thing was that you could choose between on the overworld map, you could just choose. Uh, there are three vehicles. Everybody had three vehicles. You either had a cart racer, like a little car, um, or you had a hovercraft which worked really good on water. There were water levels and there was an airplane. And so you could just do whatever you wanted to do in the overworld. And then in the certain levels, they would force you to be one of the three. So there were flying levels or water levels, whatever. Um, I don't know. I just personally, I, I don't really have a lot more to say about this game. I just right. loved it. I got really, really good at it. Uh, I loved that there were some unlockable characters. Um and uh, I don't know, there were boss fights that were just so awesome. There was a really awesome Triceratops boss fight that I couldn't believe. I'm like, why is this here? I love it so much. Um, and, you'd ha- you know, you, you know, boss fight, but really you're racing them. That's that's yeah. fight. Yes. You know, it's not yes. a fight, but, you know, it's a very difficult race. And it's just you and the boss and they're humongous. They're like huge. Yeah. And uh, really just like a lot of just different stuff that they crammed into this game. And um, I, I love this game. Um, I don't know. Uh, I know. I know. 8-Bit, you, you play this a lot. Yeah, I love it. Um, uh, I don't know. Joe, yeah, did, I you, haven't, did you play yeah, this? Yeah, I haven't played it. I, I mean, I have it, but I've never played it. Do you I've have anything to add, 8-Bit? Um, I mean, I... I, I, so I think this was one of my favorite games um, back on the N64 that, I mean, you and me both played quite a bit. And I, I think one of the things I also loved about it so much was it was like 
you know, you got to remember, it's like the 90s. It's the early, you know, days of the internet and stuff. And I mean, there was no game that I remember looking up like cheat codes and secrets and shit for more than like Diddy Kong Racing and Mario Kart. Like I always was on the hunt for like, are there more characters? Are there secret things I don't know about? Is there a different level that I haven't gotten yet? What do I have to do? Oh my God, is there a thing I haven't done yet? And it's just like that ethos doesn't exist now. Like people mine games out instantly and they know everything about it in like two seconds. And back in the day, it's like you had no fucking clue. Like everything could have been, you know, real until proven otherwise. And uh, and I remember the part of the game that that blew blew me away was like there was a rumor or something. You know, when we were we were early playing the game, whatever. And there was a rumor saying that uh, you could turn the lighthouse on the beach into a spaceship and go and go into outer space. And I was like, that sounds like crazy crap. That's not real. But uh, no, I mean, that definitely is is like toward the end of the game. That's yeah. one of the things that yeah. happens is is the, the lighthouse opens up finally and you get to go into do some outer space levels and listen to some of the best goddamn songs in that game, which, by the way, that whole soundtrack is fucking amazing. And I don't care if you're sick of me saying that about every single game. <laughs> this game matters. <laughs> this game fucking matters. Like the Diddy Kong Racing soundtrack is such a goddamn jam. And, uh, and I mean, I, I don't like it's, it's to the point where like when it's Christmas time, one of the songs that always comes into my head is the Christmas, like winter level from Diddy Kong racing. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay, fine. You know, rocking around the Christmas tree and, you know, Jingle uh, okay, how does it go? That shit how does it go? Is, is, is all that is all that shit. Uh, oh, gosh, you're going to put me on the spot. Well, right? yeah. Um, well, yeah. I'm trying to think. Oh, what, yeah, what guy. So it's Fro- I think it's Frosty Village, right? Hold on. Frosty yeah. yeah, so it's Village. Frosty Village. Oh. It's like <laughs> and it's like this got these fucking jingle bells and everything and it's like this is the most Christmassy fucking song ever. It has somehow replaced actual Christmas songs. And it's just from fucking Diddy Kong Racing. Like, my brain is now going to Frosty Village. And I'm like, (laughs) and it gets to be Christmas time and we're driving around and we're looking at lights. And I'm just thinking about Diddy Kong Racing. It's just, it's such a fucking bop. And then it has like this second part. And it's like, um, and then it repeats again and it's it's so fun like you can't not smile while you're playing this level i don't care it's so friggin good and uh and i just fucking love it and and i i think that 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 game really honestly i totally agree was just so much more than mario kart 64 oh i think it was i think it was a million times better you know like mario kart 64 had a battle mode which i got a lot of traction on playing with Mm -hmm. friends and stuff and and racing racing friends and stuff and i would say that i didn't play diddy kong racing multiplayer that much but as a single player game oh yeah i mean all all friggin day long it was yeah. all all about Diddy Kong. Yeah, I mean, you'd be surprised. 
of uh, how many people prefer Diddy Kong Racing over maybe I Mario Kart 64. Yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't think because I mean, did, I, for but... all these years, like it's just oh, Mario Kart 64, Mario Kart 64. Like you never hear people talk about Diddy Kong Racing. It wasn't until like much later on in life that no, I'm hearing people be oh, like, I, I, oh, I, have I, you played Diddy Kong Racing? It's fucking amazing. It's like way better than Mario Kart 64. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, uh, according to this, it's it's actually the eighth best-selling game on the Nintendo 64. Oh wow! wow. So whatever. Yeah. I mean, it, it made money. It did well. It, sure it, did. Broke yeah, it did really well. It broke a million units sold in the United States within three it weeks. Did it get a sequel? Uh, Was it like it another got, um, racing? It, or it, it got it got, got a remake a for the DS, I think. Yep. Which I never. Okay, played. maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think they did. I think that added some stuff to it that was maybe not in it in the original one. I I don't really know much about that one, but yeah, it was one of those games that I feel like I was kind of always waiting for Diddy Kong oh, Racing. Oh, oh, oh! So there was gonna be a, a a an exact a real sequel called Donkey Kong Racing for the GameCube, um, but it was um, it was scrapped. Yep. Oh, and uh, and then there was also a game called diddy kong pilot that they were gonna do and then they ended up not doing it and turning it into a banjo kazooie only game which is banjo pilot and it's like you just race around in planes and it was on the game boy advance it i think uh from from what it says here it sounds like it's all about the uh the fallout that nintendo had with rare you know i mean they were they were you know they did donkey kong country and they you know it was like such a big deal but like now we have rare just doing stuff with xbox well, well, it, yeah. it wasn't a fallout as much as Microsoft straight up bought Rare. Oh, maybe um, so. Maybe it was two things, but it said it does say that they had uh, they had issues with Rare. They were they were asking them to buy X amount of shares or something, and Nintendo declined, huh. and it oh. just clearly caused problems. But um, okay. anyway, that's D- Diddy Diddy Kong Racing. Yeah, I recommend if you are a fan of the N64. And you love you some Mario Kart. You've never tried Diddy Kong Racing. For God's sakes, freaking play this game. It's I'm fun. Drumstick. Oh, I'm yes. Drumstick. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bumpa. Nice. I'm Bumpa. very good. Yeah, I loved Bumpa. <laughs> I'm He's Banjo. Uh, He's a badger. He was so cute. Yeah, Bumper was cool. Yeah. Uh, and there was there was a uh, I don't remember his name if it was it was Kronk or something but he was a uh, he was one of the Kremlins one of the alligator guys from Diddy Kong uh, Donkey Kong Country one of the enemy right. guys they were like yep. those alligator guys and they they he was an original character that name I don't think he was from Donkey Kong Country no no but they just took the race and they're like we'll make a character and we'll make it a, a Kremlin guy um, there's also uh, uh, like a tiger who I think was supposed to be like the main character for some reason. I don't remember his name. Ty or Ty no. Ty or no, it wasn't Ty the tiger. It was uh oh fuck. Damn it, I wasn't oh it was Timber. Timba. And he's like Timba. <laughs> he had a really high pitch voice and then uh there was also the the mouse Pipsy. Where are you with ice cream on top? Thank you. <laughs> Uh, Dr. Matteo just and delivered me some uh, some freshly made cookies and uh, ice cream in a mug. I was going to say that was nice. completely audible through your mic. It, well, do you want to say hi? Hello. Hello. Hi, Dr. Matteo. Hello. Hello. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for the delightful dessert. 
You're welcome. Okay. I love you. Love you too. Bye. <clears throat> yeah. So uh, Timber is the tiger. Um, I don't. I don't know. I, I don't know. But we don't. Pipsy, we don't have to go through. Pipsy the the mouse was one that I remember. Um, my oh friend yeah. Matt, Matt Bradley loved Pipsy, and uh, and then the only other one i remember was the unlockable clock guy who we oh tt fucking thing with yeah so there, every level had a time trial and uh there was tt the clock guy and it's like i'm tt and he had the and best did- fucking little little like theme music and it was and you had to beat uh you had to get like a gold time on every course to unlock him which you did well our- so it was it was more than that it was twice that it was all the courses which there was a lot of courses but when you did the gold, like the highest possible time for the course, it would unlock yeah. the reverse course oh and you'd have God. to do it backwards. And then you'd have to get the time on all those. And then you'd unlock TT. It was the final character. And he was just a stopwatch. Yeah. Um, who was in the whole game as like he was he would do cameos as like the guy who would start the race and stuff. Yep. And he was just a stopwatch guy, but he was the final guy to unlock and he was yeah, it was hard to get, but I got them. But yeah, I just really love this game. Anyway, that's that. Nice. So what you got? Eat me up. Oh, me? Um, okay. So, I mean, I I feel like this episode was going to be really exciting for me for a number of reasons. But first and foremost, because I can finally fucking talk about Mystical Ninja starring Goemon, uh, a.k.a. Legend of the Mystical Ninja was a game on the Super Nintendo uh it's a game series by konami it features a dude with spiky blue hair he wields a smoking pipe he's based on an ancient japanese like robin hood type character um who was supposedly a you know a a real historical person whose name was ishikawa goemon and he just became this like legendary japanese outlaw hero who stole from the rich and gave to the poor and it was this you know whole robin hood thing and is the and pipe that, from that that yes, folk, folks yes okay A- everything is from that oh man i and, didn't know this yeah and uh and so so konami at some point thought it would be a brilliant idea to you know turn the public domain <laughs> hero of history into a franchise and uh and and believe it or not there is a shitload of of mystical ninja slash goemon games uh but the first one that we you know got in america was on the super nintendo but the first one that i really played was was the second game to come to america which was mystical ninja starring goemon for the n64 uh this game is so fucking weird um everything about it is so truly weird as shit uh my quote from the beginning of the episode that was from this game like that that was better by the way thank you i had to warm up uh i had better every time it's better good okay i'm glad uh so so this game has so much japanese culture uh i mean down to like the the towns having you know traditional Japanese housing from the Edo period. It's got like sliding screen doors. You have, you know, uh, representative Japanese money from back in the day that like you can use, you can, you can buy stuff with it. Your main character can also throw it. Um, It's just, it's steeped in the culture. And I think it's, it's really neat because it's also so zany that it doesn't take itself super seriously, but it also does, you know, it, it, it takes special care to have that kind of historical component to it in certain elements. Uh, the long and short of it is it's a game that I honestly 
I, it, I think it is it is my favorite game on the N64. Um, and it has, you know, some similarities to like a Zelda. Um, you know, you you have you start the game with uh, your main character, Goemon, and his his pal Ibisumaru, uh, who's this, you know, he, he's the stereotype of a Japanese thief. Uh, and the costume that he wears is really, really weird for anybody in America looking at it to think that's not what a thief looks like. Um, you know, it's like he's wearing this kind of full body blue suit and his his, uh, you know, his face mask is just like a hood that wraps around and and goes under his nose like this really twisty piece of fabric that goes under his nose. But like that is Japan's depiction of what a thief looks like. So Ibisumaru just kind of looks like a traditional thief, like drawing. I had no um, idea. And it's really weird. And actually another good comparison from it, because everything I learned is from video games. Uh, in Kirby's Superstar for the Super Nintendo, there was an enemy called Tack that would steal Kirby's power. So this enemy was a thief. And if you look at the graphic for Tack, he's like a little cat dude in a black all over onesie with a piece of cloth that goes under his nose, just like a Bisumar. Huh. It's it's just the thing. It's like just a cultural thing. So I mean, when I first played this game, I didn't really know any of that stuff. I rented it at, you know, Nap Video. And uh it was weird because this game for some reason was the only one that Nap Video carried both the American and the Japanese cartridge for. And I, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this this anecdote on another episode, but it was so weird to me. I thought it was two different games and I rented both of them and, and I brought it home and found out, wait, this is the same game. I just can't read anything <laughs> like it's it's the exact same thing. It's just in Japanese. I have no idea why they carry it. Right. Um, Remember that. But, but it's, it's really fun. You explore around uh, different town environments. You'll you'll talk to all sorts of different people. There'll be a general objective that you're trying to do. Um as you're exploring around, it's it's like fully 3D, you know, movement. There's platforming. There's there's enemies that you're fighting. Uh, you know, you you earn money from defeating enemies, which which you can use to buy, you know, uh, healing items. You can buy extra lives, whatever. Um, and then pretty much the game is broken up into these different you know sections where you'll have a town, you'll have like a dungeon, you'll have or like you'll have like an overworld area, you'll have a dungeon, and then you'll fight a boss. And then a lot of times what happens is after you fight the boss as your characters, some of the bosses in the game will transition to a mech fighting area where you you have this whole fucking musical number, which I promise I am not fucking singing on this episode. You heard enough with Frost. <laughs> Fine. Okay. Fine. You heard enough. Uh, but but the uh, the impact theme song is hilarious and, and magical. And uh, and so you turn into you 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 fuse and join this big fucking robot thing. And then you do these first person mech combat sequences. I mean, this game is just fucking off the wall. Like they didn't pull any punches. They did all the crazy <clears throat> shit. And it wasn't, really is. Wasn't the plot like the two bad guys were trying to turn the world into a giant stage. Yes. Yes. So they could so, put on so, the best like show ever. Yep. yep. The, the, the story uh, goes that there is the there are these you know aliens that drive this giant spaceship that looks like an enormous peach and they are called the peach mountain shoguns and their whole gimmick is they want the world to be their stage truly actually theatrically a stage and they 
go around shooting, you know, their their peach laser beam at mm. random things and it turns them into like theatrical shit. I just think and, it needs like, to be uh, mentioned that this was before emojis. So the peach was just a peach. It wasn't a butt. It was not. It, it, I, I didn't even think about peaches as butts until emojis became a thing. And mm-hmm. then peaches and eggplants got weird. But in this game, the peach was just weird because it was like, what the hell does this have to do with anything? And the answer is nothing. Um, and yeah, uh, I mean, I could honestly do an entire episode about this game. I, I love it so freaking much. Uh, the things that I think are really stand out are as you go, you unlock uh, a third and a fourth character. You're able to switch between the characters at any point in time. You have Goemon, Abisumaru, Sasuke, and Yai, who is um, like a green-haired female ninja. And Sasuke is a robotic, um, like, little little ninja guy. Um, And he's technically the mystical ninja, like, in the lore of the games. He like the really? ninja is Sasuke. Yeah, not going on. Huh. Um, and uh, and so that's kind of like you know an interesting thing. But he was okay, my so so, guy. so sidebar. Let me ask you this question: the Super Nintendo one is called Legend of the Mystical Ninja, but I didn't think those two characters were in it. Are they? I think that they are. I know but they're in the sequels that we didn't get here. Yeah, um, and they're so, playable. They're playable in like. You know, Gomon. So, so yeah, Mystical Ninja two, three, four, or whatever. Two has Sasuke, and then Mystical Ninja like three and four have Yai and Sasuke. Um, but yeah, so I have actually never fully played through the Super Nintendo game, and it's one of the ones that like it still kind of like bums me out that I never have. Um, but but yes, Sasuke is in the Super Nintendo game. Uh, he's just farther in it than I've ever gotten. Don't be bummed out, man. I know. Don't well, be. There's only, don't there's be. Only don't so much time. Don't be peached out. I'm not. <laughs> don't be peach mountain <laughs> shogun out. <laughs> um. So so yeah. So um, the Super Nintendo game is also really awesome. That game for for super nerds is famous for having a section in the second level where you go to an arcade and like you can play an entire level of Gradius just like in. Oh right, right, right. And there's another, I think there's another Konami reference in there too. Um, there are a number of Yu-Gi-Oh cards that reference the Mystical Ninja franchise. Uh there is like there there are if you I I can post a link later to a a really great YouTube channel. Um, and the YouTube channel is called Goemon International. They don't post very often, uh, but their stuff is super, super thorough. And they have um, they have some really great videos going over like some of the funny quotes and some of the the crazy shit that they that they do in the game. Um, but I also from that that channel, I discovered a uh, a video called The Legend of Mystical Ninja Goemon by a channel called GTV Japan. And this was a half an hour like documentary going through every game in this series, as well as all this other stuff that is in it. And I could not believe how much content there is for this character in Japan. Like Japan honestly has an immense love for these characters. And they tried a few times to bring them to the States and, you know, by and large, just clearly was not 
super popular. Um, but yeah, it's it's insane. I mean, you're talking like games numbering in probably the you know more than twenty, like overall across everything, and that might be an underestimate. Um, but yeah, so anyway. Legend of the Mystical Ninja, you get, you know, four different characters. You can switch between them. They all have different abilities. They're upgradable. Your characters will get to different points where they'll they'll get, uh, you know, permanently upgraded attacks that let them do different things. Like Goemon, he uses a pipe. But then eventually you unlock the chain pipe. So when you swing it, it has like a big extendable reach. But it also allows you to grapple onto special blocks. And it changes how you can explore. And, you know, you might go back to other places and, and have a little bit of like a Metroidvania kind of thing. Uh, and, and you know, there's like the mech fighting. And there's the, you know, the the soundtrack is, is awesome. The, it, it Actually, it does something really interesting where every dungeon in the game has three parts soundtrack and the song evolves the farther into the dungeon you get so the first third of the dungeon might have like a very stripped down version of the song with only a few instruments and then by the middle it layers on like some extra bass some extra guitars some extra drums and then by the final act like the tempo might bump up or it might add a whole bunch of extra percussion to it and really like ramp up the energy of it and i mean it's like i think the only game that i know of that does that where it like actually has three totally different songs that they just layer depending on how far you are. And that adds so much atmosphere to it. Like it, it really amps you up. It, it's super cool. Um, and, uh, and I, and I just love that. And uh, you know, without going on for forever, there is a sequel. Uh, the sequel game on the N64 is not a fully 3d exploration game. It is a side scrolling game, uh, but it still uses three-dimensional graphics. Uh, and that is called uh, Gomon's Great Adventure or Goemon's Great Adventure. My entire life, I called him Gomon because I didn't know how to speak like Japanese pronunciation, but it, but it's Goemon. Goemon. Uh, okay. Yeah, Goemon's Great Adventure, and that game is friggin' awesome as well. But genuinely, one of the hardest N sixty four games, and I've never been able to beat it. Um, but it's fun too because it's co op. So you can do two players at once, which is really neat. Um, and you can, you know, switch between your four main characters and stuff. But yeah, I, I just friggin' love these two games to pieces. They're they're so fucking great. And uh, and the Super Nintendo ones were, were awesome too. One day I'll play through them. Uh, but yeah, so now I'll get off my soapbox and stop talking to you about Mystical Ninjas and stuff. <laughs> uh, but I'm really happy I finally was able to get that off my chest. <sighs> <laughs> Deep breath. <sighs> I want to talk at you about going on. Yeah. <clears throat> nice. nice, dude. Good, good shit. Yeah, I, was, I had a lot I've of never... fun playing through that game myself. I, I, oh, that, the N64 that, one? N64 one specifically. That's the only one I think I've played almost to the end. Um, I don't remember if I beat it or if I kind of stopped and you just finished it, but we played it together mm-hmm. like way back in the day, but I loved, you know, unlocking the characters. We didn't know that was even going to be a thing. That was so fun. And, um, That's uh, yeah, really, now. really fun. And, uh, you didn't, you didn't mention, uh, you didn't mention my, my favorite sound bite. <laughs> oh, okay. There is a fortune teller in every one of the towns in the game. And his name is Plasma Man, uh, and and the the <laughs> the whole fucking deal 
is, uh, you know, you can go in there and get a hint from him. But when you walk into his building, you're you're greeted with this sound. Purazuma! <laughs> that nasally too. It's like that's that's pretty much note for note. Like that's that's fairly perfect. Um, <laughs> like it's it's so ridiculous, and it's like and he's like he's like he's like gyrating his hips and he's just like this weird little genie guy you can't see his face he's got like this cloth over his face and every time you know he you you talk to him he goes put azuma and you're like what the fuck like every time so tired of hearing that every it's like yes like every time when you talk when you talk to him and when you're done he has to say it twice. And the, and the and, screen uh, like shakes when he says it. They make sense. Yeah. And it's like this it. flashing, like yellow font. Like plasma. It's like so freaking crazy. Oh, God. Yes. Um, also, this game was the first first time I learned about what a Kappa is. Um, I, I didn't know anything about the, the Japanese mystical creature, the Kappa. Uh, but there's a town called Zazen Town. And there is one area where you have uh, this little pool of water and there is a Kappa in it. And he's like, he has something that somebody dropped in, in this little pool of water. And in order to get it, you have to give him a cucumber, which is historically Kappa's favorite food. And, uh, and it's just, it's just neat. Like I, I love that shit. I love the amount of cultural references in the mystical ninja franchise like that is so fun because it's a it's a little you know peek behind the curtain of yeah. of things that that are kind of typical of japanese culture and and you know being an american not knowing about any of that it's really cool so um mm-hmm. yeah good stuff good times nice. easily easily one of the biggest reasons why i frequently think about replugging in an n64 I still haven't done it, but so help me God. And 64 games are coming to the Switch, and I swear to Christ, they better fucking do Mystical Ninja starring going on. I will I will just poop if they don't. You I will, will be mad. I will mad plasma. Rage poop. You'll poop, You'll poop on your head. I will. I will. I'll poop right on your head. I just that, it's, it's just the one I want the most. It's the one I want the most, guys. Just do it. Just don't don't fuck with me, okay? Mm. But anyway, <laughs> anywho, yeah, I've never actually played that game, but I remember you talking so much about it. I've only played the <laughs> Super Nintendo one. I thought it was pretty fun. Joe, you would love it. Like, honestly, you you would. I feel like you would think it was so funny. Like, you would honestly just be I like, mean, this I, is I, so I fucking dumb and funny. I you would have a great time. It. We should do it. It, it, do it. it better come out on Switch. It better. It better. I really better. hope so. I think because I think that's the only way I'll play it. Yeah, it's it's such honest. a pain in the ass. Otherwise, you ha- you have to get yeah. an N sixty four. Like it has never been. I, mean, I have an N sixty four, but I don't know how expensive that game is. Uh, yeah, honestly, I don't know. Um, the sequel is pretty expensive. I had to buy the yeah. sequel from a from a uh, blockbuster when they were going out of business. I specifically remember going to my local blockbuster when they were closing down and being like, "Are you guys planning on selling your Gomon's Great Adventure?" And they're like. Yes, but we're not selling it yet. I'm like, can you call me when you are selling it? And they're like, sure. And sure as shit, they called us. And me and mom went down there. And I don't know. I think we gave them like 30 bucks for it. 
and that's the copy i still have that's the copy i have now with the box and everything and uh i mean it's a very rare n64 game it came out pretty late um but uh but yeah it's it's probably not easy i don't even think they brought it on the wii to be honest when they did all those n64 games i don't think it ever got released on the wii no i don't recall yeah, no, it, you know, I'm looking at it right now. So it says the only platform was N64. Oh wow! It never got another port or nothing. So it's a, uh, it's the gem. It is a gem. It's a gem. <laughs> it's a gem, and it's, it's your jam. It it's is my jam. jam. It's your gem, jam. My gem, jam. Yeah. I also want to point out that it's nice to hear someone else other than me talk about a Konami game. Oh yeah. <laughs> I know, right? Isn't that for nice? once? I'm not talking about anything Konami <laughs> at all in this episode. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. Uh, oh, okay, it looks like you can get a copy of the original for maybe forty bucks, thirty or forty bucks, which is well, that's a, that's loose though, right? Uh, it's I'm loose. assuming. Yeah, yeah. Com- complete in box. I don't know. Too much. Not not many options. Uh, oh. Okay, I'm I'm so sorry. I really will let you go, but um, I just thought of one other thing. So the only other acknowledgement that Goemon has gotten uh, in recent years at all is that in the newest Super Smash Brothers game, they did come out with a DLC pack that was um, the like the hair and the costume and everything of Goemon, but you could you could apply it to like your your a me your me fighter, you know, like your you know your little oh, yeah, creative yeah, yeah. character guy. And yes, you can dress yeah. them up however you want. So they did make a Goemon costume set for the Me Fighter, and yes, I bought it. Uh, but <laughs> I mean, it was really just to show support for the brand. I'm like, I I have very few ways of supporting the brand right now, and I don't care if right. I will not even play Smash Bros. You know, more than once or twice to fuck around with it. It's still really neat that they acknowledged it in that. You know, that's cool. Right for right. sure. That's cool. Yeah. Well, thanks yeah. so much for that, guys. So that was our first half of our N64 episode. And guess what time it is? Uh, it's almost that time to take that, that short break of ours. Oh. And uh, before we do that, um, go ahead. we have a, a little uh, octoponder for you guys. And uh, what, you know, I posted this on Facebook last week on our Facebook page. And uh, that question is, what are some of your favorite N64 games? And while you guys ponder that, we will uh, go on a short break. So uh, stay tuned. Deadly Grounds Coffee knows how important your coffee is to you. Every batch is roasted to perfection with a unique special method that brings out the richest, deepest, smoothest flavor you'll ever find. We're coffee freaks too, and deadly serious about our brew. Just one sip and you'll know why we say, once you go deadly, you don't go back. It's truly coffee to die for. So when you're ready to get a little deadly, get online and order yours at getdeadly.com. It's coffee so good, it's scary. Hi, this is Stan Bush from Transformers the Movie, and you're listening to Retro Red Octopus. You got the touch.
Hey, what's going on? I'm Steven. And I'm Ron. And we're the hosts of the Super Retro Throwback Reviews Audio Podcast. If you like to hear the latest pop culture news with some smart-ass commentary as well as the latest movie reviews, then check us out. Also, we're a multi-award nominated podcast, so we're doing something right. God knows how that happened. So check us out on all major podcasts and distributors and check out Super Retro Throwback Reviews on all social media platforms. Ready to do some thinking? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo ponder this. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, so we took that short break, and uh, so the question again is: What was some of your favorite N64 games? And I'll have to. Uh, I'll start off uh, by saying uh, my one of my favorites is definitely. Uh, Star Fox 64. Hell yeah! It it's I, it's my favorite game on the system by far, and I think it held up the best as far as graphics go and as far as gameplay goes. I can go back and play that game over and over and over again and not get bored of it. I love the fact that they added uh, a, a new vehicle for the game, mm-hmm. not just the the, the R wing. Uh, Landmaster, the, the Landmaster, which is awesome. The Lamb uh, Master, Lamb, Lamb Master, 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 Master of Lambs is pulling the strings. And there was yeah. another vehicle too, as a, a submarine type of vehicle. I forget the name of it. There's a there's oh, an underwater level too. Yeah, what the fuck did they? I've never it? actually it wasn't the it. Sea Master. <laughs> No, was it <laughs> the Ocean Master? <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I don't remember, but uh, I thought that, that was really cool. Um, you weren't always just in space all the time, like in the other game. Uh, and uh, the the other game that I like to play a lot was uh, uh, Killer Instinct '64. Kill, I'm, I'm sorry, Killer Instinct Gold. I Killer Instinct. Time. Like that fucking uh, that soundbite so crunchy. Yeah. Killer instinct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. like, it's like just right. see this. It's so, it's so intense. So intense. Fuck. Yeah. Push. I, I love. I, I love that game. I thought it was a lot of fun. It was. Yeah. It was a really cool game. For sure. I mean, it's not like you no know, a perfect uh, rendition of the arcade game, but it's still pretty cool. I I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, for sure. For shizzle. I mean, I remember um, way, way back, like that was one of the games that we were excited for before the N64 had come out. And because yeah. Rare had developed that. And when um, yep, when uh, Donkey Kong Country was coming out, because that's the same sort of rendered graphics, same sort of idea. You know, they, they made right, these yep. CG models and they animated them, but they just sort of flattened them and turned them into sprites. Right, right. Oh, so the Star Fox ocean ocean vehicle is called the Blue Marine. Oh, oh okay. my God! I don't. That doesn't sound familiar at all. Isn't nope. it only in one level or something? Yep. Yeah, it's only in one <laughs> level in, in Star Fox sixty four. And apparently, uh, there was a submarine uh, game for the three DS called Steel Diver Sub Wars, which was randomly made like first party by Nintendo, and they included the Blue Marine as a unlockable character. Oh, um, that's fun. Was it pretty fun? That's wicked fun. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Parasite Steve, what's your facts? I mean, it's just tough. Like, uh, I feel like we've mentioned 
all my favorites at this point, but I, I agree that I think my favorite game on the system is, is actually star Fox 64. Mm-hmm. I think that's an amazing game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I guess I'll just talk a little bit more about Shadowgate 64 because, you um, you know, as it was uh, mentioned uh, or a little earlier, uh, yeah, this is definitely a game. I don't think anybody gives a shit about at all, but they sort of made like, it's basically missed, you know, that's pretty yeah. much what it is. Only, you know, you're moving around and it's smoother. It's not just still images. And, uh, you know, it, it moved well. It moved like a Doom game or something like that. First person shooter. Only it's there's no shooting. There's just, you know, you're exploring, trying to find stuff and you pick up clues and you pick up items. And uh, I believe it still had the torch system from the original game, but I can't remember for sure. Mm. Um, I feel like it did. Uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was fun and it was definitely challenging. Like you, you, you know, I remember getting stuck numerous times and, you know, being like, oh my God, I've, you know, I've been everywhere. What, what can I possibly have missed? And then there's just some really hard to see detail. That's kind of like, oh, I didn't, I didn't interact with this. What is this? And it's like, oh, this is a thing that you can pick up and do something with. And, uh, you know, it was uh, it was fun. And what also made it kind of fun at the time was uh, there was a company who was doing online comics uh, and it was being they released pages like every week. I think they released a page and it was it was fun. I, I enjoyed um, I enjoyed just looking. I was looking forward to those pages all the time. It was just like, that's fun, cool. I didn't know about that. Yeah, I think you honestly, if you saw them, you would remember them. Uh, they they didn't star the character from the game, which was my only issue, because he was like a he was like an elf dude. Who I remember he had like a a lambskin shirt, which like with a wool, which is such a weird combination. Like you wouldn't picture an elf in something so drab, but um, I thought he was cool. I don't remember the character's name, but but in the comics, I remember they they uh, they went with like a, a red haired girl. A, like sorceress lady and she had like a minotaur friend she had like a gold minotaur was her her buddy and uh i thought they were cool and i i liked the comics and it was just it was just a fun thing and it was Shadowgate, and i don't know uh but the the game did pick up um the story of the original nintendo uh a little and it talked about the original hero and how he had defeated the the warlock lord in the castle Shadowgate, and uh, that had become like a legend. And I know at one point you actually um, there's a statue of the hero guy that you see, and uh, you know it's it's kind of fun, and you just have to sort of you know prevent the warlock lord from coming back this time. And um, I don't know, uh, a weird game. I have not gone back to. I've, I haven't gone back to any of these. That's the thing, because like you guys said, like it's kind of hard to play. N64. I know there were like emulators that yeah, worked Project well, 64. But I, I don't know. Yeah. I guess I just never at this point, I don't really have emulators anymore. So I don't know. I, I loved them for years, for probably decades, honestly. But at this point in life, I don't really have a computer with a bunch of emulators anymore. But um, yeah, uh, I don't know. I enjoyed it. It was definitely a fun, you know, different pace sort of game, which is, I think, yeah. you know, why I loved Shadowgate in the first place, and yeah. uh, you know it's just just a different thing. 
Um, obviously, I've talked about the original a million times on the show, and I always use the uh, "does a sad thing your adventures have ended here" as my end, as my <laughs> sign off when I host an episode and and stuff. And it's all Shadowgate. I just, I just, I don't know. There's just something about that original game that uh, it just holds this. The, the magical nostalgia is there for for me. Uh, and so, I don't know. Maybe this game would be uh, wretched to go back to the N64 one. But I, I really did love it at the time. And I know there was a sequel, uh, but I didn't I didn't play that one. I only played uh, I only played the first Shadowgate 64. I'm pretty sure there was a sequel. Oh, OK. Might have not uh, been for the N64. I don't I don't recall. Yeah, I don't. I don't really recall yeah. uh, for sure, but I, I get that. I feel like there was a sequel, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, that's that's my choice. Hell yeah! Nice, nice, very cool. Haven't played that one either. Um, all right, Apid Alchemy, what's your pick? Sure. Uh, so you said you said some of our favorite games. So I'm just gonna go through a handful uh, real quick. So I mean. Sure. I was a huge fan of uh, Snowboard Kids. Snowboard Kids 1 and 2 were like a oh, yeah. kart racing game, but except on a downhill snowboarding environment. Um, the first okay. one was fun, but not deep. And then the second one inc- incorporated like some cutscenes, uh, unlockable characters, a town, a shop. You could customize your board. Uh, it was made by Atlas. Um, you know, fine purveyors of Persona and Shin Megami Tensei and all those RPGs that people love now. Um, Snowboard Kids was just fun as hell. I used to rent them all the time, uh, but I never bought them. Uh, I also just fucking adored Pokemon Snap. Um, I played the ever-loving shit out of that game right, uh, right. with Steve for yeah, sure. I remember, you, I remember you playing that one a lot. Yeah, me and Steve had tons like, of fun with that. It was like an on-rail shooter, like photography, like photography. Yeah, it's yeah. basically an on-rail shooter without the shooting. Right, it's a shooting of a different kind. Right, right. Yes. No, we're yes. not shooting bullets. We're shooting film. Ooh, that's right. Oh, uh, yes. and uh, and that game was so much fun. Going to the bl- uh, blockbuster, printing out uh, some Bulbasaur photos and sending it to my pal Josh, uh, the same pal Josh who I sent Pokemon cards to, which I mentioned in a previous episode. Um, that was so much fun. Such a such a great fond memory there. Um, and, uh, and actually one of the other games I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to end off with uh, a trio here is, uh, I have never given a shit more about Bomberman than on the N64 Bomberman 64 Bomberman hero and Bomberman. The second attack are like a Trinity of awesome games that are all very different from each other. And they are a ton of fun. Bomberman 64 had like puzzle elements trying to solve levels. You had to every level you had to get to the end of. There were secret collectibles and stuff, but you're your Bomberman, you can't jump. Your only weapon is a bomb. And you had to master the bomb throw in order to to you know get certain secret collectibles. Love that game. Bomberman Hero was a very different game. Uh, It uh, allowed you to jump. It changed the format of levels. Some levels were on rails. Some levels were, you know, more traditional. Some levels were side-scrolling. Just all over the place and a really fun game. Uh, And then the rarest of the bunch, which was Bomberman 64, The Second Attack, which was a supposed sequel, whatever. It played more like Bomberman 64, but it added this 
character called Pommy, who was like a little Pokemon guy. And you would be able to walk around the different levels with Pommy at your side. And depending on like what food items or what like collectibles you you gathered throughout the levels, it would evolve Pommy in like different ways. And they were permanent evolutions. You know, you couldn't walk it back. Uh, and depending on how he would evolve, it would either like, you know, make him super powerful or allow you to do different, you know, different things and levels that you wouldn't normally be able to do. And it was just so cool. I mean, I was a huge fan of Pokemon, still am. And, you know, that element added to this Bomberman game was just like out of nowhere. And it was done really well. It was it was a lot of fun. Um, and it's like it's such a strange franchise because Bomberman was never a, a game series I was like super into. But I loved the three games on the N64. A lot of fun. I mean, really tons of great fun games on the N64 that I I remember fondly. But uh, yeah, those are those are those are a few for me. Awesome. Nice. That's a that's a solid list, man. For sure. I think one of those games are like is like wicked expensive now. Bomberman sixty four, the second attack. That was one I always wanted to buy at a at a uh, keep going to say Best Buy at Blockbuster. And uh, and I never was able to to get a copy of it. It's it's really hard to find. Yeah, yeah. All right. So those were our answers, and now we like to hear from you guys, because uh, you know I posted this question on our Facebook page, and uh, you guys, a few of you guys, uh, answered, and uh, you guys have some uh, pretty cool picks. So uh, I will read them off, and please forgive me if I mispronounce your names because. I'm stupid like that. Terrible with names. All right. So the first one is from Nick Par- Parcells. Parcells. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that last name correctly. Please forgive me. Um, he goes, Battle Tanks, Global Assault. So much fun on that green cart. I've never heard this game. I've seen it. I've never played it. I've, I've seen the green cart. <laughs> but green cart. Yeah, that's. That's that's fun. That's fun. Yeah. Um, Colleen just posted a gift that just says Epona was a special horse. It's a funny, the <laughs> funny gif of uh the horse running backwards, like some weird glitch was going on. So I'm assuming she's she's picking Ocarina of Time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll just go with that. Uh, so uh, Adam Laterno says, while I didn't. I didn't have a ton of experience with the system. All the AKI engine wrestling games, WCW, NWO, World Tour, WCW, NWO Revenge, WrestleMania 2000, and WWF No Mercy were amazing. These base engine, uh, I'm sorry, the base engine was awesome, and each successive title added awesome features, new match types, create a character, etc. WWF No Mercy is arguably the best wrestling game ever. But all the games on the N64 were fantastic. And uh, Riffus replied with, came here to post that. <laughs> yeah, I remember uh, people in college talking about, because uh, I've, n- I've never really gotten into wrestling games, but they have their fans by far. Oh, yeah. And lot, uh, I remember people saying that, that that some of the best wrestling games of all time were, it was like, this is this is the best. Super, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. N64. It's like holy yeah. shit! These are these are the best games. So yeah, crazy. Yeah, I have so no many. mercy. Actually, I actually have no mercy, and I've played it before. And yeah, it was it's pretty cool. I mean, graphically, it didn't age very well, but uh, sure. 
of course. But uh, yeah, whatever. No, everyone has their own their own thing. Of course. Yeah. Um, Tom Morse Jr. says GoldenEye 64 was one of the best. Oh, yeah. Everybody loved Bond. Everyone. Yeah, playing Bond. Bond. One of the first party games, I guess. Yeah. Other than uh, Mario Party. Uh, Okay. So uh, 8BitGlitch79, our good friend, uh, says Winback, Mario Kart, Mario Party titles, Star Wars Rogue Squadron, and Star Soldier. Ooh, you know, I've never played list. the Star Soldier on yeah. 64. Yeah, I haven't played a crazy because that's like that was like one of the best um, shooters on the Turbo Graphics, wasn't it? Uh, Nintendo. Uh, no, st- Nintendo, yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm thinking of oh Super Star Soldier. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, is yeah. there a Super Star the Soldier for Turbo Graphics? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Reagan Riggles says Smash Brothers. It needs to be added to the expansion pack for the for Switch Online when it comes out. That's true. The original Smash Brothers, which is a series that is still going so very strong. My God. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And they just added the final character to the ultimate. They sure did. They sure did. They sure did. Yeah. So I, I mean, pretty, I pretty cool. I played a lot of Smash Brothers on the N64. You know. I mean, I think. Uh, over time, each sub, each successive game I played, I don't know, not less and less. Like it was like N64, and then I played Melee a lot more, and then I played the one on the Wii, which was Brawl, like a shit ton. And then everyone after that is just was like less and less and less. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean that was where it all started, you know. Yeah. Andrea Rose goes or says. Top three would probably be WWF No Mercy. Here we go. Another wrestling game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mario Kart and GoldenEye, which didn't hold up well, but it was one of my favorites as a kid. Very you know what's fun about GoldenEye is they they um, they added... The what's that? You can shoot him in the crotch. Well, I mean, that is that is the correct answer. But I mean, you, know what, you know what else? I mean, it's the only reason why you play the game. <laughs> crotch no, shots. No, that's the only reason you play the game. <laughs> Sure? That's what I said. Booby trap. <laughs> what I was what I was gonna say. Besides the crotch shots, the best the best thing, or I don't know, a cool thing anyway, is uh, how many um, like legacy Bond characters they worked into multiplayer. And this right. was this oh, yeah. was not DLC. Like they just programmed all these guys in there. And um, I can't remember if you could unlock them or or what the deal was. But um, I mean, I had roommates that just compulsively endlessly forever we're all, always playing goldeneye and all they called it was bond constantly bond 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 won't yeah. bond 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 get a bond bye, going bond bye, bond, bye. bond bond it's like uh like all the time like just so ridiculous and uh but anyway they loved it but yeah like there are so many characters like from the old movies they would throw in bad guys from the old movies and um they were all playable you know like i remember you could be odd job you could be you know jaws you could be like all different just classic bond characters that they just threw in just for fun and i think that that is just so freaking awesome even though they weren't in the game you know because they could have just said well you can play all the models that exist in the game even that would have been fun you're like oh i'm yeah soldier number six from level two you know like whatever so whatever fine i'm that guy but um but you know i just i just thought that was really awesome yeah, it, for sure. it definitely was. Yep. Super popular for sure. game. All right. And the final entry is from Eric Mishad. 
pronouncing his name correctly, hopefully. Um, Michaud. 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 He says, I stray, I'll stray away from the common ones like Ocarina of Time, Banjo, GoldenEye, etc. One of the best games I played on the on the N64 was Jet Force Gemini. Third person action shooter with co-op. Super fun. Only part that was meant was doing the collect-a-thon to get, the fi- get to the final boss. Which seems to be like the uh, one of the, the main things about the N64 was a lot of their games were collect-a-thons. Yeah. Like you had to collect like yep. X amount of whatever in order to progress through the level to get to the next level or whatever. Yeah. You and I were just talking about like, uh, about this actually the other day. Yeah. Yeah. That the, uh, you know, the collect-a-thon genre as it kind of came to be known, I always called it like, you know, uh, 3d platformer or i i don't know i i kind of called it like adventure games like i wasn't even sure what the hell to call it but yeah it's like yeah. these games really came into their own in the n64 and especially the 3d space where you're just like okay there's umpteen things you got to collect you got to collect this many you know notes and this many puzzle pieces and this many honeycombs and this many eggs and feathers and gingos and boots and it's just like holy fuck you know there's there's way too much shit to get and uh and that was definitely like it was it was a fun thing that could very easily be overdone and mario 64 and and banjo kazooie managed to do it right but like the sequel to banjo kazooie and uh and donkey kong 64 and you know some of these other ones it's like all right guys there's just there's too there's too much shit to to get yeah i don't want to collect them all i don't want to collect them all i do want to only collect some of them (laughs) i need all of them Right. Honey. Honey. But uh yeah. 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 Cool. Yeah. Nice. All right. So thanks yeah. guys. So thank, thank, yeah, thanks for the yeah, submissions. Thanks guys for uh for those awesome answers. Uh so uh you can reach us in our incredible Facebook group, which I've mentioned before, or on Twitter at Redoctopus, or you can always email us at redoctopus at gmail.com. And please, if you like what we're doing leave us a review or a rating or or whatever on our host site just search pinecast retro octopus thank you all for those awesome ponderings without further ado let's get back to the show which is talking about more of our some of our favorite games that we played yeah picks round two picks round two yes hopefully i won't uh won't have a coughing fit while talking um to it Hey, you know, you got a little, you got a little, it's just a little case of con crud. You know, we should mention the con crud. Yes. You've been, I got, I got got retested. I got, yeah, I got retested. You're fine. So that's good. I'm good. I'm good. It's just just little con crud. So real quick, just tell us a little bit about the, uh, about the experience that you, you and eight big glitch went down to uh, too many games. Oh, oh, it was because we got, we got to just, I mean, we got to like, just have a little like Mm -hmm. what? Oh yeah, just just just, just a little bit. Yeah, just, just a little bit. Um, yeah, it it was a ton of fun. Um, I will admit though, I I didn't say this to uh to Sean or any of my friends that I saw the night the first night that we went. Uh, but I was feeling really lousy, and yeah. not because no, I was feeling sick or anything. It was just my anxiety. Yeah. Um, like we we got to our hotel room and it felt like the floor 
in our hotel room was like super wobbly. Mm. And I asked Sean, like, I'm like, are the floors like wobbly or is it just me? And he's like, mm, maybe a little. I don't know. I mean, it, it threw me off. Like I had to like sit down like, holy yeah. shit. So I was just assuming that was my anxiety. So I took the Xanax and I felt like pretty crappy uh, for most of that night. But I was fine the rest of the weekend. That's um, good. I didn't, the floors didn't do well. Uh, the floors didn't feel wobbly at all. So it was Stopped wobbling. It's just me. Just my anxiety being stupid. You know, um, I mean, I mean, this was a big thing. Happens. This is like a yeah. first really big thing since first you had your, thing, yeah. you know, your, your, your whole whatever we call yeah. it. <laughs> Yeah, what we call it. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, your your um, your endeavor to get some, you know, some help yeah. with addressing yeah. real issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it was a ton of fun. Uh, we were there for three days. We didn't stay the whole the whole time for the third day because we figured, you know, uh, if we left the day early, we would beat the holiday traffic, which thankfully we did because on our way over it took us over seven hours to get there. Damn, yeah. and it should have been like a four and a half five hour drive. Wow. Yeah. So that was not fun. Um, and of course, we almost got into an accident, which was not fun. Um, yeah. So the experience was really fun. Uh, they had a couple of our wrestling matches, which was kind of interesting. They had like a cosplay wrestling. And fun. I have, I, I, I recorded, <laughs> I recorded like two matches. Now I'm going to put them up on my, my YouTube channel, which is Nintendo 25 should totally subscribe. Um, yeah, so the, the first match was uh, like DC versus Marvel. So you had uh, Spider-Man with Black Panther versus Aquaman and Robin. And that, that was a ton of fun. That's fun. Um, <laughs> it was a ton of fun. And then the second match was Little Mac versus Balrog. Oh, my God. That's so good. That's wicked sick. good. Wicked good. And then, and then I stopped recording after that because I was running out of uh, uh, battery power. Yeah. Um. And I really want. I really want to save the battery power for uh, uh, Rex Viper, but uh, oh well, that didn't happen. Um, the 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 last match that we saw was kind of dumb. It was like some kind of story driven match. I didn't. It's like they, they they picked some random person from from the crowd to to wrestle whatever. Even though it was obvious because everyone else was wearing masks except for the people who are wrestling. And it's like, okay, well, obviously it's this guy because he's more concentrated towards wherever this guy was who's just pointing in this direction. It's like, eh, whatever. Um, I mean, it was still fun. Um, and then uh, later on that day, uh, we saw the very first show of Rex Viper, which is the Angry Video Game Nerds band. And yep. that was a lot of fun. Like they sounded really good. Um, I did have a couple of uh, complaints about it. Um, the bass drums were like super, super strong. Like, like every time the guy with the drum would like hit that kick drum, like you felt it in your chest. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's like, okay, this isn't helping my anxiety. Oh all. yeah. And of course, you no know, being surrounded by people wasn't helping either. Um, and uh, the the lead guitarist, uh, I don't know if like. It sounded like his guitar was out of tune, or he just wasn't hitting the notes right. Like I, I don't know if he was like nervous or whatever, but he didn't sound very good. But the rest of the band did. Um, so what is pretty good? What does James Rolf do? Is he the singer? He he's a no, he's a rhythm guitar player. Oh, okay. Yeah, very cool. I mean, I still have fun. I mean, despite those little 
those little things. I, I don't know. I just, I, I mean, I thought it was fun. It's a very fun show. Nice. Um, yeah. And then uh, we went out to eat and hung out and we stayed up late playing Metroid Dread, which was fun. Oh, I yeah. haven't stayed up. I have not stayed up late to play games since I was a teenager and it was just so much fun. <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I finally met one of my, my other YouTube friends, uh, the bandana gamer uh, who is wicked nice. And he's actually a pastor and he's like the most vulgar pastor I've ever met in my life. Yeah. Um, which is kind of refreshing. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, it was a really good experience. I, awesome. I had a lot of fun, but but by the third day, no, we were ready to to head out. It's like we want to sleep in our own beds and whatever. But uh, yeah. yeah, that was a ton of fun. Nice, dude. I'm I'm proud of you, man. I'm really I'm really proud of you that you went. And I know it it was uh it couldn't have been easy because you always had. I'm sure you had those feelings like, am I going to be able to do this and whatever and obviously yeah. you you had a little bit of trouble the first night but it's awesome that you overcame it and yeah man, you know yeah. you can't expect the first you know time out to be just perfect i mean yeah, it's still still right. a process but you know it's awesome that you know you, you're you're getting there and that was a that was a big step so very big step i mean that entire week before was like so stressful like i try really hard not to take xanax mm-hmm I try to avoid that whenever I can. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know that, that week, that week of like, I literally took one like almost every day and yeah. it was just so terrible. But once I got home, I was like perfectly fine. So that, I mean, that must've been like, I, I thought I was like dying. I thought I was, like, was going to have a heart attack, whatever, but I'm like, no, it's, I'm probably just like super anxious about the trip mm-hmm. because you know, I'll be far away from home. Don't know how I'm gonna deal with it. Like, what if something happens? Like, what if I have another panic attack? Like, the fuck? Like, what do I do? And right. whatever. It's like all these things that that you know go on in my head. And and like driving there was kind of torturous too because I just felt like I was gonna die the entire time. And, uh, <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it, it wasn't fun. But on the way back, it was fine. So it, awesome. it was. It was just definitely the the. The, the not knowing how I was going to it was just right. stressing me out. Which is weird because that's never happened to me before. I mean, this whole anxiety thing is a new thing for me. It's like I didn't get it until this year. So I, I don't know. Right. It's, 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 it's a new hurdle to have to yeah. like try and overcome and, and be like, yeah. damn, this is this is a thing. Yeah, it just hit you. It hit you like a freaking Mack truck. Yeah. yeah. So, with, so for our listeners out there that is why i had to take a three-month break from yeah. podcasting and doing youtube yeah. and whatever so i had to get my my shit together and what not yes so, that's why yeah, you know yeah yeah as 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 we've said i mean you know mental health is super important and it's not something you can just brush off and you know you got to do what's right for you and all that stuff that's yeah. for sure i mean, I mean I've accepted that this is going to be like a lifelong thing. Like, I know it's not going to be, no, I'm not going to get cured of of this or whatever. I just have to learn how to deal with it. How to manage. Learn learn how to manage it, how to control it and whatnot. So that's why I see a therapist every week. And uh, because my my whole goal is to not take medication at all. Right. That's a good goal. I I take, yeah, I mean, I take, I mean, I take, 
I take a pill every morning to help mm-hmm. with anxiety, and I also take a Xanax as needed. Mm. Um, it was originally supposed to be twice a day, but the the doctor at the uh, at the therapist place uh, uh, prescribed this other drug for me, and uh, just take it like in the morning, every morning before breakfast. Just take it on an empty stomach. And uh, that should help. And it did. It helped yeah. a lot. And she she told me, you no, know, I can still take the Xanax, but only if I feel like I need it. Mm. And yep. so so now I get I get prescribed like 15 pills a month or or more. Um so yeah, I mean the cool thing is uh I went down a dosage, so on the nice. so that's that that's good. That's awesome. So so maybe next, you know, next time, next time you go to something like this, you know, maybe it'll just be just, just a little bit better, you know, yeah, not again, not, not perfect, but maybe yeah. it'll be a little bit better and yeah. see, see how you do. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I do have, I do have another long trip planned in a couple months. So let's see uh, how all that goes. Yeah, man. I, I'll, I'll, I'll be with my family, so I'll be all right. Yeah. No, I mean, like I said, you know, I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm glad you're you're not shying away from cause doing this stuff because it'd be a lot easier to just uh, never try and, you know. Oh, yeah. Nothing's yeah. going to get I mean, better. Yeah. I mean, one, one of the things that I refuse to do is to pretend it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And I refuse to stop working. Like, oh, like yeah. I don't want to quit my, my day job because I, I don't want to rely on help. I want I don't want to rely on government pay or whatever it is that you get on disability or whatever. Um, I just want to live a normal life. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's all I want. That's my yeah. Goal. And you got it. And you mean you can't like uh, totally give up and give in because then it just becomes a slippery slope to you know defeat, and you know you're yeah. like you're still fighting the good fight and you know keeping your mental health up and and doing your regular activities but just you know managing it in a way where you recognize when it becomes overwhelming or it becomes too much and then you take a step back and you go nope i gotta i gotta i gotta take some time for me right this second you know i gotta do what i gotta do to make sure i'm you know not uh, spiraling out of control with uh, anxiety or panic attack or anything but you're still trying you're still you're you're more than trying you're still doing you know, you're yeah, just still doing being, it, yeah. you're just being aware. And that's the, that's really like the key is yeah. not to, not to just turn it into like a totally defeating, uh, debilitating thing that stops right. you from doing all the stuff that you love doing. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I took care of it right away. Like right. Just, yep. the, that, that first time I had that panic attack while, while driving at night by myself, out of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was like, oh yeah, I need help. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to wait on it. I mean, it, it did. I did. It did take some time to find something to find someone. Um, but I found someone I liked, and thankfully, it was the first person that I got. So, uh, so she's helped out a great deal. Um, she's taught me so much, like breathing techniques, and uh, whenever I feel a, a panic attack coming on, just you know, she she told me like like how to breathe. Like do like a count, uh, like 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 make make a fist, not not like not like a tight fist, but like like when you take a deep breath, like make a fist, and then then hold your breath for four seconds, then then release, 
until you run out of breath and hold that for another four seconds. And what you're doing is you're oxidizing whatever limbs you're moving. Hmm. And that's, that kind of like helps relieve some of the stress. Huh. And it helps uh, correct the chemical balance in your brain too. Wow. I, uh, that's so, super interesting. Yeah, yeah. So now I, so now I do that before I go to bed to help me hmm. calm down at night and it helps me not overthink things because that that was always my biggest issue was overthinking at night when, when you're trying to sleep yeah i'm sure yeah, a, just lot, can't... You know, a lot of people do that sometimes your brain just doesn't want to shut up no matter how tired you are yeah you can't turn your brain off yeah you just can't you, you try to just try to clear your mind and it just doesn't work and then all of a sudden you're, you're up all night and yeah your alarm goes off and it's like oh well, i just fell asleep and it's like oh shit the fuck now you gotta go to work as yep. a zombie <laughs> it's like, yep. fuck. yeah and that's the worst yeah so yeah. yeah so that's so that's that well thanks for thanks for sharing man uh yeah, the, the, we did know. a deep dive into joe so, yeah so th- this episode is all about me now yeah just so you know Nintendo well, that's okay. 64. <laughs> Nintendo that's okay. 64. You know, uh, I mean, that's I mean, the name of this episode, Nintendo 64. There we go. <laughs> there you go. Um, <laughs> I mean, I mean, retro Docs is, is what it needs to be at the time. Yes. And, and right now, this is what it needed to be. We, uh, we, right. we can get to our, our final picks, but that's, that's, yes. uh, that's all good stuff. And I'm sure there are, yeah. Other people out there who are struggling silently, perhaps with similar issues, and right. uh, it's always good to hear that someone else is going through the same sort of thing. So, um, right. you know, it's it's yep. it's good to share. Yeah. It's good to talk and yeah. get it all out there. You know, right? You don't, right. I mean, never, we can't talk about silly video game stuff all the time. All the time, right? Yeah. Only I mean, some of the time. only some of the time. <laughs> only only most, most of the, of the time. time. <laughs> right. So, for our, our listeners out there all three of you uh don't ever be silent like if you're struggling internally and it's causing you like physical harm and you want to cause harm to yourself or others or thoughts of suicide don't hide that fucking seek help yep yeah because talk to people about it talk, talk and, to people and, see and, a therapist and... no one no one will judge you it's like that is such I don't understand the the stereotypes that these doctors get. Like, oh, say, okay, so you're seeing the shrink, so it must mean that you're crazy. Like, no, there's something, something is wrong with you, and they're trying to help you. It's like, would you rather, like, live a normal life than having thoughts of suicide and, like, plan your death out? Like, I don't know. Like, I can't, I can't wrap my head, my head around that. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I just, just get help. Just get yeah. help. You yep. know, speak, it, it's, 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 I mean, getting help can be difficult, sure. But just try. Just yeah. try. Like, fight, fight through it. It's like talk life is worth someone. fighting for. And, and yep. talk to someone. Like, it can be a friend. It can be like a, a total stranger, which I think is probably better to talk to a stranger, like like a doctor. Yeah. Talk to a, a professional. Or something. Yeah, yeah. Some guy I mean, on the might, street. Some, some guy who's some, yeah, some yeah. Baby, no, the cashier in the shop. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know. When there's a big anyone, line. <laughs> anyone, you know, like a big, like, or, big or, or the or, or those people that that want you to sign petitions, petitions on the at, at a supermarket, especially like, those hey, people. you know what? 
Yeah, especially those people. Hey, would you like to make a donation? Yeah, telemarketers. To you about also? my problems. Yeah, it's telemarketers. Yes, never. Yeah, they, they called you, you like, for hey, fuck's you know, sakes. I mean, that's right. So they get to hear my shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What the fuck? That, that's what you get. <laughs> that's what you get for scamming me with those fucking calls. Bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> spam likey you're my new best friend <laughs> all right so um anywho it's moving i want to put a pin in it there and get to our picks yes. uh yes and wrap yes. it up that'd be cool let's wrap it up but that yes. that okay. that's awesome man thanks for sharing i appreciate it yeah that's of course, awesome. yeah, dude. Of course. i hope someone else uh appreciates it as well and and maybe it helps someone else out there yeah, that'd hopefully. Be awesome. hopefully um all right all right so uh my my second and last pick would have to be Torok the Dinosaur Hunter, mm. uh, which is based on the acclaimed comics series, um, which I did not know until just now. And um, I thought this game was a lot of fun. It's a first-person shooter. Um, the controls do get some getting used to because, again, mm. the N64 controller. Mm-hmm. Um, again, the game has not aged very well graphically. Um, and it's also one of those weird things where the the, char- the main character on the box art looks absolutely nothing like the character, the main character in the game. Like the character in the game has like pigtails on both sides, like <coughs> like, like Indians wear. Yeah, he's he in the comics. He was a Native American guy, and yeah, and they yeah. just made the model on the box totally wrong. Totally wrong. I yeah. think I, I I think that it was a marketing decision, and they thought that maybe uh, they needed to make a white guy. Is my my guess? Uh, yeah, I but don't the, know. Yeah. the model of the 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 character's face in the game is like clearly a Native American dude, and that's what yeah. he's supposed to be. Um, but yeah, that box art is uh, is uh, not okay. But anyway, Def- yeah. But the game itself yeah, definitely not okay. <laughs> yeah, the game itself. Is uh, I thought I thought it was fun. Um, you get to get to pick up like a bunch of weapons. Uh, you get to fight dinosaurs and whatnot and, and people and mm-hmm. and uh, I don't remember the 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 story of the game. I think you have to like uh, you have to it's, again one of those collectathons. You have to like collect like certain things to in order to progress to the to the final boss. I remember collecting a lot um, of triangles. Like there yeah, was a lot of triangles, triangles everywhere. Yeah. Chrome triangles i'm like what the fuck are these yeah yeah they're different they're type everywhere. of different types of triangles some of them are just like if you collect like 100 you get uh i i forget like a, a free guy or something or actually i don't even remember if you had uh lives in this game this yeah, i don't remember shooter. if it was like giving you shield or if or what the hell they were yeah i don't recall i don't recall i never got but very I, far in this game this also I, this game I, I also it. this game had a lot of fog this was a yes. great game for fog. Yes, yes. Um, so much fog. Even the game fog didn't have this much fog. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a really cool game. Uh, they had two other games after this, which was uh, Rage Wars, I want to say, and I forget the. Oh, the third one was. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. The second one is called Seeds of Evil, and the the third one is called Evolution. And there was a uh, remastered version that came out on the PC like a few years ago or something like that. Um, and they released it on the Switch recently. No, not recently. Like a few, uh, three years ago, I want to say. Okay. Which I have. I haven't played it, but I bought it. Um, I haven't played the other two games, but 
this one I liked a lot. Um, even though I'm not big into first person shooters at all, really. Uh, but I don't know. Something about this game just 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 grabbed me. I mm. don't know. It, it grabbed me by the balls and yanked as hard as it could. And it, it was just <laughs> and yanked as hard as it could. The big old Velociraptor <laughs> just giving you a tug tug. Yeah, that's that's you know the best tug tug ever. So you beat you beat this game, you said. I have be- I have beaten this game. I, I um, didn't beat it. I did own it, but I couldn't get that far in it. Yeah, yeah. Um the ending is pretty bad, but uh whatever. Yeah, um, a, yeah. I re- I remember like seeing it on YouTube like you know <laughs> way later in life, obviously. There yeah. was no YouTube then, but um it's, <laughs> it's a very disappointing ending. Oh my god. Like all, I remember doing I mean, a debug not... code in that game to be able to like change levels and <laughs> shit. Like this was of the era where debug codes were were something that you could still access if you did like the craziest button combos and shit. And then you would just be like, okay, cool. Now you can like change the color of the fog to whatever you want and like teleport between levels and get every weapon and all that shit. And so that was yeah. the main way I played this. The god game. mode. Yeah. God mode, uh, unlimited ammo code or something like that. Yeah, it was always fun. I, I miss that. I miss that yeah. a lot. I know. Like, I love that. Like the debug code, like in Sonic Two or whatever, Sonic One. Oh yeah, Sonic Two. Oh, Sonic One did have a debug mode. That's right. Yeah, that was, yeah. That's a little different, but yeah, that was so fun. And you could just yeah. like lay enemies anywhere you wanted. Yeah, yeah. right, right. Pretty fun. Uh, speaking of Turok, so uh, for those who uh, don't realize it, it was uh, a very old co- comic book. Yes, and it was you know basically you know Native Americans versus dinosaurs. And um, there was also a movie that they made, a cartoon movie called Son of Stone, which also was uh, the original title of the, the comic. And it was uh, released in 2008. And um, I remember renting it and liking it. I don't remember a lot about it, but I thought it was cool and it was neat to learn more about the character and uh, I have never gotten to read any of the comics or anything like that. But um, I mean, it sounds, it's so up my alley now. It really is. Like nowadays, I feel like I should, you know, seek out these old school dinosaur hunting native American main character. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like ridiculous. I mean, I, you know, (laughs) Mark of the witch worm, (laughs) you know, my, my book that was released this year. I mean, like I had, uh, basically a native american guy and he fights a big dragon thing you know so i mean like uh, you know it's 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 funny like to think about it because turok was not in my mind at all writing that but um but yeah i i really do feel like i sort of owe it to myself to uh seek out some of these original comics and check them out yeah it is i'd also really really like really like to see the movie again um i just i don't know i just uh I, I just remember liking it. That's literally all I remember. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny. I don't know. I saw it once, but 73 minutes long. It's not super long. I'm not sure if it's like for sale anywhere, but hopefully it is. Hmm. But, so there yeah. is a Rage Wars, Turok Rage Wars. And I think that's that's more like a multiplayer type game. Okay. Kind of like a, like like GoldenEye 64. Where there's like a mode where you can just do like a four player melee type thing. I've never actually played it though. Hmm. 
No, I didn't follow up on uh, Turok very much. The the one that I remember thinking was cool was uh, the Turok game on the Game Boy Advance. Advance, yeah, that's more like that's more like a Contra style game. Yeah, side scrolling. Turok Evolution. That yeah, that's real cool. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Very yeah. cool. All right. Parasite Steve. Okay, so for my second pick, I'm going to pick a game that it's funny, you know, I I uh I don't think we've mentioned this so far, but one of the one of the things that I remember most about the N64 was that all the games were so delayed that um we had to wait like a long time for games to be released. So I remember that when it was uh first when it first came out in 96, like the you know, it had two launch titles. It had Mario and Pilot Wings. And then there they were like, okay, uh, a couple more games are gonna be released next month. And so you literally the entire world who was dying for the system only had two games. And one of them was just pilot wings. So at mm. least like, yeah, Mario was great, but like literally everybody just is playing those two games. And then you had finally, you know, two more. And then I remember they did two more. And I remember the first few months were staggered like that. And it was just just like a couple of games uh, every month. And yeah, yeah it's no. crazy. Yeah, I, I remember there was a, a, a lot of shit talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, people. it was like only two games. Really? Really? It, it really, on. really sucked. And uh, I remember everybody being pissed about it. Yeah. But one of the one of the games that I wanted from the start um did eventually come out that first year but i remember even after it came out people were so rabid for these games that it was really really difficult to get a get a copy and um and i remember having a very hard time and it was this sort of like back of the truck black market like oh somebody got it some this crazy weird way kind of like it is now for the ps5 uh (laughs) it was it was like you know this this game was one of those things and that game is star wars shadows of the empire mm-hmm. um as a longtime star wars nerd i was very hotly anticipating this this game and um you know uh in hindsight i will say that um i did play through it i i did beat the game um i I did enjoy myself, but I was also aware even as I was playing it, because now granted, this is after I've already been through Mario 64 and gotten all 160 stars or so 160, 150, 150. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, this was nowhere near as good as that game, um, but it did some things well. Uh, the vehicle levels were amazing and probably the best vehicle level, unfortunately was the first level. Um, and it was, uh, it was, it took place on Hoth and you got to pilot a snow speeder and you got to sort of relive the opening scene from empire. So what this game was, it was part of this big multimedia push that LucasArts was doing where they're like, okay, we're not going to make a movie because this is before Phantom Menace, but Phantom Menace was, uh, would be out in three years. So it was clearly must've been in pre-production at this point. I'm sure. I'm sure we knew that there was going to be a Phantom Menace, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we didn't know. Maybe they hadn't announced Phantom Menace yet, but, um, either way, this was, so this was 96. Um, it was, it was, uh, supposed to be like a sequel that was an in-between sequel. 
So this was supposed to take place in between Empire and Jedi. And it wasn't just a video game. There was also a novel and there were also comics and they were all called Shadows of the Empire. And the idea was um, that you were supposed to read the book and then play the game and then read the comics and they would all tell you different corners of this whole entire story and um, fill in gaps that some stuff left, some stuff was, you know, intentionally left out of the book, but it was in the comics or it was in the game or whatever. Um, And some of it worked and some of it unfortunately didn't. So I feel like they might've designed each of the three parts sort of more in vacuum mode than they should have. Um, But, you know, honestly they tried and a lot of it was still really, really fun. And one of the things that I thought was really neat was uh, uh, there were figures too, actually. There were Shadows of the Empire figures. Very cool. Um, One of the things I liked was that you got to learn how Leia got her bounty hunter armor, her Boosh costume that she was wearing at the beginning of Return of the Jedi. So cool. when When she goes to Jabba's palace to get Han. And that was that was super fun. Like, you know, now we know that. And and so like she wasn't in the game at all, but she was in the novel and she was in the comics. Um, And like, I don't think Luke was in the comics, but he was in the book in the game. And so they did stuff like that. And anyway, so the main character of the game was this brand new character called Dash Rendar, which is just such a funny name. But I mean, you know, whatever. So many Star Wars characters have dumb names. It's just it is what it is. But Dash Rendar um, and he was supposed to be like Han Solo's smuggling buddy. And they knew each other and they were very similar, very, very similar in demeanor and just overall he was basically han solo um instead of chewbacca he did have a droid i remember thinking the droid was really cool and um it was just the two of them and they created a brand new class of ship for him and his ship was called the outrider and uh i i love the outrider if you look it up um it's really cool and you know it it uh it popped it pops in uh here and there and stuff and they even included it when uh, when Lucas redid and he first did the special editions of the uh, original movies, which uh, I hate so much, but whatever. Uh, it, it, one of the neat things was um, in the Moss Eisley, when they're about, when they're just coming into Moss Eisley uh, before they get to the cantina, uh, you see, you know, there, there are spaceships flying around and stuff, but you can very clearly see the Outrider take off from Moss Eisley and fly away. It's just kind of fun that they threw that in there. Um, but, you know, you know, he's cool. He's the main character of the game, but he is a very minor character in the book. And I don't think he's in the comics at all. So. So, again, it's like they had a great idea, but unfortunately, I, I remember certain things contradicting other things, too. So it's not just that they left it out here. It, it something contradicted something from the other thing. And you're like, wait, wait, that's not what happened. You know, so I I think with just a little bit more, you know, consistency, it could have been just this perfect, perfect multimedia pronged thing 
that exists, but, but it's still a fun thing that exists. So I, I loved the novel and I, I loved the comics and I love, I, I, I liked the game, but because I loved it all, I loved the game. You know what I mean? Like it right. wasn't yes. actually that great of a game, but um, I think really the main thing was that the, the most of the game you were on foot, but the first level is not an on foot level. The first level is the, the snow speeder level on Hoth. And it's so incredible. It was by far the, the best Star Wars vehicle thing that had ever existed. It's so incredible. And it's it's credited for that. It is remembered for that. That that first level is just so good. And I remember there was a like a Rogue Squadron game that came out after for N64. I think that's what it was called. Yep. And uh, and there is also they do a snow speeder level and everything in that game just wasn't quite as good because that was all vehicles. Yeah. That was all vehicles. And and even playing the snow speeder, it's like, you know, it's not as good. You know, they just somehow they just nailed that level. It was so good. And you, you even did the tow cables and you had to take down the adats and tie up their legs. And it, it, just, it just all was good. It just worked. But yeah. you get to the the walking around levels and it, it just felt like you were like, like in half speed, like moon gravity or something all the time. It was, yeah. he was very floaty. He was very slow, uh, very weird, but because it was star Wars and because I was, you know, my, my love was built in because of the whole thing. Um, I just put up with it and it was just one of those things that I just, you know, kept going and got better at. And, and I did love the story, even in the game. I loved the story. And um, there were, there were some fun cameos and stuff like, uh, one of the one of the things I thought was neat was the second the second level. So the first one's a snow speeder, and then he goes on foot, but he's in Echo Base. And there's a scene, and there's uh there's like uh, doors, like jail cells, and there's wampas in there, and those are the you know abominable snowman creature. Yeah, yeah, loose, these are, obviously these, this and, section was so memorable. Yeah, and then they get let out, and then there's all loose wampas. And uh, I remember reading. Uh, I couldn't confirm this when I was just looking this up. There was nothing I was finding on the Star Wars on the Shadows of the Empire game stuff that I was looking up that said this, but I I'm very sure I'm ninety percent sure that that was a uh, a cut scene from Empire that they wanted in Echo Base there to be um, captive Wampas in there, and it, they just left it out. They didn't do it for whatever reason. I don't know if it was budget or whatever, but, um, but this, so they worked that into to this and I thought that was super cool. And so the first, the first stormtroopers you encounter are snow troopers and it's just so cool. I love the snow troopers. Um, and uh, I don't know, it really cool. And then, and then the third level you're in the outrider, you know, you get to fly the outrider. So you're back. So it's like, you, you're like, okay, so this is going to be a mostly a vehicle game with some walking around peppered in and the outrider level was great too. Um, mm-hmm. But it was, it wasn't as great because the thing that was so fun about the snow speeder was it, you're basically in a big arena. So you're flying around this arena, yeah. but the asteroid thing, you're just going straight. You know what I mean? It's just a hallway. Oh yeah, yeah, but but still, it's like it's a different type of level. Cool, whatever. But the snow speed right. just is so special. But then, uh, so that's like part one. 
this is the whole game's sectioned into four parts. Part two is in search of Boba Fett. So you meet Han Solo briefly in Echo Base and you have some dialogue with him and the graphics are really great. You know, it's just a, like a painting. There's a lot of really awesome paintings that they used and probably digital paintings. I don't know. I don't know who the artist was, but I loved, I loved all the artwork that they used in the cinematics to tell the story so much. It was just very good. Mm. And there's just this one uh, because, you know, later in empire, you know, Han gets encased in carbonite. So at this point in the story that has happened. And uh, so you know, Dash, who is uh, he's like even more Han than Han. Han, you know, was a reluctant helper of the rebellion. In the first one, he was like, nah, screw you guys. This is my thing. And then he comes back and he saves the day at the very, very end of, of the first movie. Uh, in this one, you've you really learned that Dash is like the same exact thing, just but he's but he takes longer to turn around. You know, like <laughs> he's an 18 wheeler where Han was like a bus Yes, it's just a little bit longer to to do a Yui, Um, but he eventually gets there, too. Um, But, you know, so when he finds that Han was encased in carbonite and taken by Boba Fett, he takes it upon himself to rescue his friend. And so that's where he starts to become more of a good character. And uh, so, yeah, you 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 do. You you track down Boba Fett. And along the way, you have this. For me, it was a very memorable boss battle with IG-88, who is the hunter killer droid that, um, you know, now in the Mandalorian, we got IG-11, which is the same model, same basic series anyway. I mean, and, uh, you know, IG-88 was another one of the bounty hunters in that scene where Vader's like, no disintegrations, you know, and he he has the, all those, you know, Bosk and, you know, Forlom and all Whole those rogues gallery there. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's where that's like the only shot of IG-88 in the movies. He's just there. He's just standing there. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But in this game, you got to find him as a, a boss because he was also on the trail of Boba Fett because you found out that and this was this was in the comics more, but all those bounty hunters that we saw in that scene, when they learned that Boba had the body of of Han Solo, well, that was a valuable commodity, and they all tried to steal it from him. So his so Boba's trip from Cloud City to Tatooine, where he sold where he sold Han to to Jabba, was not without incident. It was you find out that there was like all this shit that went down and it was really, really hard to get there because all these other bounty hunters were dogging him and trying to steal his 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 prize. Um, so I loved that. That was so fun. And that was more in the comics, like I said. But you got a little taste of that here with IG-88. And I just remember his boss battle being very difficult. And he's this like stick skinny little nothing thing. And in his his fire was just relentless he's just blasting you and it was really hard and then you eventually do fight boba fett too and uh and you fight him first on foot and then he gets in slave one and you actually have to fight slave one but you're on foot you're like guy walking around and slave one comes up and it just raises up and shooting at a ship and the guns like (laughs) Or like boom, 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 and you're just like dead in one second if you get hit. Um, but that was so fucking fun. It was just great. As bad as the controls were, as blah as the graphics were, um, there was legitimate Star Wars joy 
to be had in this game if you could, if you could put up with it um to to you know to really put in the time or whatever but anyway uh really cool the only other thing i'll mention is uh the the villain for this project the whole project the villain throughout it all was this new character and his name was prince prince shizor and he was a new race i i think they made up um he was like basically a a he looked very, very like samurai kind of is his clothes were very Japanese looking and he had like the Japanese top knot uh, ponytail, like the Gene Simmons sort of thing. Only it's, you know, long, long hair and the rest of his head was just bald. So basically he didn't like Goro, like Goro has that, right? Yep. Yeah. From Mortal yeah. Kombat. It's like he's bald, but he has the top knot and long hair. Um, so he had that and. And he was really just very cool. He was very reptilian. He had green skin and long claws. And um, uh, yeah, he was he was a great villain. I loved him. And he was very nuanced in the in the book. The book was where you really got to know him. The other the other two things, the comics and the game, he would come in for a scene and then kind of go away. So you would have a scene where you met Shizor, but um, he was mostly behind the scenes. In the novel, there were whole sections of the book that they spent with Shizor. So you you learned more about what his deal was. And his deal was really super fascinating. He hated Vader because uh, supposedly Vader had like all the stuff you didn't know about. You know, he had uh, been in charge of some uh, test facility on, on, this, on this planet that was actually Shizor's home planet. And uh, he had been he had uh, scientists there that were experimenting with like whatever they were experimenting with to make some sort of a, a bio weapon. And then there was it, it got out. And then so <laughs> Vader ordered like this, like humongous airstrike. And it just burned, you know, these hundreds of freaking miles of radius around where the where the contagion was, you know coming out of just in case just to just to kill it all and uh shizor's whole family was was killed his like whole village and his whole family and everything like everybody he ever knew was wiped off the face of the planet because freaking vader you know had this facility and and this accident happened and it had nothing to do with his people they were just had chosen this planet you know as their as where they were going to do this experimenting shit because they don't, Gampire doesn't care. They just pick, you know, some random freaking planet. But Shizor was, uh, was had had like raised up through the like underworld, and he was like a Jabba the Hut level gangster. He was, he was, uh, he was like the 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 head of the Order of the Black Sun, and they were this like big time, you know, criminal organization. So he had done that. Now, now he's this powerful creature, uh, this powerful guy. But like, you know, Vader did what he did, you know, like 15 years ago or 10 years ago or something. And he just has never forgotten what he did. And his he secretly, you know, he serves the empire and he's like, a, a, you know, yeah, sure. Whatever you want. But secretly he's just waiting for his moment to, to murder Vader. Cause he just fucking hates him. And uh, I just thought that was cool as hell. So anyway, nice. that's my very long winded shadows. of The empire. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of the coolest, uh, you know, tie-in kind of games, and it it it, uh, it was clunky, but I played it quite a lot, and uh, and I remember that game had a really fun cheat code where if you named your profile Wampa Stompa, and then if you played the game, there was like a super specific crazy fucking like code you had to do where you had to like hold every button and then hold like left on the d-pad and then you would have to like you had no fingers left over so at that point you would have to move the joystick like a half a half press left until you like on the pause screen until you heard like a bonk sound effect and then you'd you'd hold it right and you'd hear a bonk and you'd hold it left and you'd hear a bonk and then you'd hold it right one more time and and then it would bonk and then it would open up debug mode again n64 was huge for debug mode and you could do fucking anything you could like fly forever you could go through walls and i remember like going into all these rooms in the game that you weren't supposed to be able to get into and just like having a fucking blast like i i never really played that game start to finish but i played that game a lot and it was a lot of times just fucking around with the debug mode nice um, that's pretty funny I, I, that, that's I always fun i did enjoy that a lot nice super fun super fun indeed all right eight bit alchemer all right uh okay so i told you guys i was gonna do one thing but i'm gonna actually do another uh because we we've talked oh, a lot and awesome I'm, I'm, just like me I'm we thinking, pulled bait and yeah. switch yeah so bait and bait switch, switch. So, so originally my second choice was going to be paper mario um which i will just briefly say it's a game that i still love to this day is a game that I would still happily play through to this day. Uh, the sequel of the Mario RPG franchise that nobody wanted, but tough shit, that's what they did. And, uh, you know, Paper Mario was one of those games that had two-dimensional art in a three-dimensional world at this point and uh, had really fun characters great writing good comedy uh great battle system you know it was an rpg turn-based fighting lots of exploration to do love that game to death um still still one of my absolute all-time favorites but the game that i want to actually highlight more so as i thought about this is a game that i love so fucking much that i just don't think a lot of people got to play and that game is called Space Station Silicon Valley. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. And oh you my god. That game. Oh, oh I love this goddamn game. Space oh, Station yeah. Silicon Valley has just the, you know, super crazy ass plot of this uh, you know, interstellar space traveler, you know, astronaut type guy and he has a partner robot guy um and his robot's name is evo and something happens they they launch their spaceship they're flying around and then something goes horribly wrong and their space uh the spaceship crashes uh dramatically and crashes down and it ends up uh crashing on this this big space station that's out there and what happens is the robot gets destroyed and all that's left of the robot is the core, like, like you know, you call it the motherboard. It's like a microchip or whatever that, yeah. that basically ran the robot. And, uh, and so the pilot guy is still alive, but he's like, look, I can't do anything. I suck. I need you to do all, all the stuff for me, Evo. And you're like, but I don't have a body. What am I supposed to do? 
And they're like, well, luckily for us, we crash landed on crazy space station. And the, the, this space station's whole purpose for existing is to raise and grow and cultivate like robotic life forms, like robotic dogs and sheeps and cows and pigs and that kind of stuff and whatever they're exploring this crazy technology and and you are on the space are there, station are there Silicon are there Valley. are there pandas i don't remember actually mm. i don't i don't know um i, I so, like i like pandas i like pandas too pandas but this game did something that just is still to this day one of the most fun premises for a game is that you play as this little microchip guy, and every level, you know, is a is a self-contained level. There's there's you know whatever start start to the level, end to the level, but there's all these different creatures. There's you know like I said, there's dogs, there's fish, there's foxes, there's rats, there's cows, pigs, whatever. And as a little microchip, you are able to hop into an animal if it's dead, and control it. And oh, so you dark. can do. You can do what <laughs> Super Mario Odyssey did like 20 years later. And every single enemy in the game, if you're able to kill them, you can control them and then play as them and do all the shit that they can do. And for the most part, every enemy has like, you know, they can move around, they can jump, and then they usually have like one core attack. So. On the surface level, neat. I can pick to, you know, if I can, you know, do whatever I need to do to, to kill a guy, I can I can take control of them and be stronger. Sure. But a lot of them were involved in solving puzzles to beat the level. So you might start the level and it might start you in the body of a, of a dog. Okay. And then the dog can just run around and he can bite. And then if you run around and you bite the sheep, eventually you'll kill one of the sheeps and then you can hop into the sheep. So the sheep can't actually fight anything but what the sheep can do is if you jump and you hit the b button it puffs up its wool and it floats and it allows it to float farther across long distances so you can clear huge gaps that you wouldn't have been able to do before and so you have to think about every level in terms of what animals are available to me in the current level what animal am I starting as and what's the natural chain of progression that I could most likely get the animal that I want to get? You know, if yeah. you start right away and you're like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to try and kill the bear and take control of the bear. The bear is going to kick your ass. Like, like you will die really goddamn fast. Uh, and, but you know, you might be able to take control of, you know, the, the robotic Fox and the Fox shoots missiles. So not only is he fast, but he shoots missiles. So you can kill the bear from far away and then go up to it and take control of it and yada, yada. So there is so much strategy and puzzle solving to this game. And it is a game that like the Bomberman games and, and snowboard kids, I rented all the goddamn time and eventually i did finally find a copy of it and i was able to buy it it's not complete in box it's just the cartridge um but i was so fucking psyched to get just the cart of the game i didn't care i'm like oh my god i need to own this freaking game and uh and it's it's just so much fun the music is like this really weird like jazz like the whole thing it's it's like it's like jazz and like easy listening like it's it's just like the most calm and like 
you know, just like, I, I don't know, like agreeable soundtrack. It's just like, okay, this is music you would hear in like some kind of old timey, you know, movie. Everyone's just happy and having a good time. And it's like, yeah, it's just it levels, you know, had puzzle elements. Some of them were a little bit more straightforward. There was all kinds of secrets to get and, and unlockables and things. Um, some levels had like, you know, rare or, you know, hard to find animals that you could take control of. And, uh, and I, Again, I never beat this game. Um, it was absurdly long, um, believe it or not. Like it had, it had so many levels. I couldn't even, uh, you know, get to like the second half of the game. You know, I, I felt like there was like forty levels or something. I don't know. It just was huge. Um, but there were some like secret robot parts that you could find throughout, and, and ways to unlock secret levels and things like that. It was a ton of fun. So the fun tidbit about this game is that it was developed by a company called dma design dma design is a company uh from britain that uh, their headquarters are based actually um in originally they were based in dundee scotland (laughs) who who know anything about glory hammer they are founded in uh, in dundee which is uh amazingly fun um, and and DMA Designs uh, created uh, games that you might know of, such as Shadow of the Beast. Um, oh. They did they did work on Lemmings. They did work on uh, a lot of Lemmings games, uh, Body Harvest, and Space Station Silicon Valley, and a few other things. Well, the other thing that this company happened to do uh, was they made a, a few games called Grand Theft Auto. Oh, I never heard of it. Hmm. They made Grand Theft Auto 1, 2, and 3 before they changed their name to Rockstar North and went on to literally make all the other Grand Theft Auto games. All five of them in the fifth one 20 times. And then San Andreas and Vice City and Liberty City Stories. And yeah, no, there's way more than five. There's a fucking million. And there's also uh, the game Manhunt, which uh, people are a big fan of. I've never played it. But fucking big difference between this shit that they put out beforehand. Uh, And I mean, you know, I've never really given a shit about Grand Theft Auto. It's just not my thing. I I don't care. Whatever. They can be great games. I just don't care. Um, but Space Station Silicon Valley was a game that I just friggin' loved to death as a kid, and I still really love it. And the fact that they went on to become, you know, Rockstar North blew my mind when I had learned that. Um, yeah, had really. A few years ago, and I'm like, oh my god, are you kidding me? They couldn't be more different. Um, and you know, Space Station Silicon Valley never had you know much of a legacy um there was a a version of it for the game boy color um and and apparently a port for the playstation was called evo space adventures but i honestly have never seen that version of the game so it kind of is what it is but i'll always remember it as a uh as an n64 title and it's it's really still a ton of fun to play you know the the art style of it is just it's very cartoony it's very stylized and the 3d graphics you know as rudimentary as they are it works and uh yeah i i love it i i don't imagine that it's an expensive game to track down 
I think uh, I think it's worth your time, and it's it was worth my time. I really freaking love it. Nice, nice. awesome, yeah, very very cool. Good stuff. So cool. All right, so now it's almost time to catch that horizon. But before we say goodbye. Let's go to this. Oh, hey there, Count Panic. I got a question for you. What's that, Bob? What do you know about Mothman, the Loch Ness Monster, ghosts, demons, and things that go bump in the night? Not much, Bob. Well, lucky for you, we host a podcast called Bob After Dark, where we talk about legends, lore, and the supernatural. Wow, where can I find this podcast? Wherever you find your great podcasts at. Hi, I'm Patsy the Angry Nerd, lover of science and sharks. And I'm Ashes Von Nightmare, the real housewife of Transylvania and mistress of Merlot. And, and we're, we're the, the hosts host of the Throwdown Thursday, Thursday podcast. podcast, part of the Somebodies and Grand Guignol Networks. Join us each and every Thursday as we break down all the characters you love and love to hate. That's right. We cover characters from movies, television, books, video games, and even real historical figures. Plus, we discuss science. And wine. Like, so much wine. Like, all the wine. We also pit random characters against each other in free-for-all contests voted on by you, the listener, and reveal the results the following week. Did I mention the wine? Like, there's a lot of wine. So join us on our journey through pop culture on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, and everywhere you listen to podcasts. And we, and we will, will see you next Thursday. Thursday. <laughs> Hey, you like old games? Yeah, yeah, so do we. But the thing is, there are new games that actually play like they're old games, but they're new. Anyway, it's time to check one of those out. This is Retro Nouveau. All right, Retroids, greeting, welcome. Glad you could join me on this alien invasion of a segment here. I am stealing Parasite Steve's ideas. And I am doing a retro nouveau today. What? I am going to be crazy diving into one of those video games that are new but old, but old but new. And I have a perfect one to talk about today, but it has nothing to do with the N64. So it's only perfect because it's the one I'm talking about today. And I say so. So <laughs> suck it. Suck it. Eat that. Suck it. Majane. Uh, Majane. Uh, so. I am going to talk to you about a game that came out very recently, uh, September 23rd, 2021. It is what? called Act Razor Renaissance. What? Nice. And uh, I'm going to talk to you about it because I think it's really fucking cool. And I, I, you know, I acknowledge that people have their beef with it, and that's fine. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. And you I know their opinions are wrong. Yes. And I, and you know, I don't think that the game is perfect, but I think it's damn cool. So. Act Razor was a game on the Super Nintendo that merged two things that never came together before, which is a city building simulation game and a side scrolling fantasy hack and slash adventure. You played the role of a god type character, the Lord of Light, who would take turns between going into areas of the game and purging the darkness from it by doing a side scrolling hack and slash level and then building up from the ground up civilization there so that the people could flourish and that they could worship the Lord of Light and all could be happy and yay Christianity. And that was basically, you know, the whole gimmick. And when it went to the overworld levels, you would have the control of this little angel character. You'd move around, you'd shoot enemies that were spawning from these portals and you'd 
guide your people around as they reconstructed buildings and shops and, you know, sealed off portals to hell and whatever, you know, like your people do. And uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a very simple game in the grand scheme of things, but it did something really unique and was a game that inadvertently a decent amount of people remembered. Uh, it had a sequel, which was not that great it was too damn hard and it also uh got rid of all of the city building stuff so it was just a side-scrolling hack and slash fantasy game uh and it was really fucking impossible um so i mean that was basically all we had heard of from act razor you know act razor 2 is a game that dropped in 1993 yeah uh and then that was the last we had heard of the series until square enix decided to shadow drop uh, out of nowhere on the Nintendo Direct that had just happened in September, ActRaiser Renaissance. So we are talking 28 years. Wow. 28 years. Yeah. That's Jeez. fucking crazy. Uh, so, I mean, that right there, I just have all the respect in the world for them digging up this, this you know, property that nobody was asking for. Um, and, and breathing new life into it. And I mean, it it stays very faithful to the core of the original Act Racer with your side-scrolling levels and your town-building segments and much the same way of, you know, the, the push and pull of, okay, you know, you do a level, you purge an area, then you build up your town, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the art style of the game is a bit divisive. I think that it is uh, maybe the most unfortunate part of it, but not, not entirely. Um, there are, like we described before, actually with Mischief Makers, they took three-dimensional models and then like crushed them down into pixelated, you know, two-dimensional things. And, you know, uh, a lot of times that just doesn't look that great. Um, mm. You're kind of left with like weird artifacts and not perfect pixels and not perfect lines. And some of it just looks kind of shoddy. Um, the main main character being the worst offender of all, whereas some of the levels and the overworld and the angel and all that stuff actually look pretty good. Uh, the art style of the drawn characters is very good. Um, it's actually really reminds me a lot of Fire Emblem in the way that it's just a very, like, you know, well-detailed, nice, rich-colored drawings of these, you know, anime-style characters. I love yeah. that artwork. Um, the thing that this game does that the original didn't do is it actually puts a lot more emphasis on the town-building sections, which, you know, it's fine. Some people are not into it, but... What I will say is that it really turned the game into, it, it fleshed it out a lot more. So you'll have a level, you'll do your side-scrolling level, then you get to your town and you, you know, much the same way as before, you control your people, you tell them, you know, where to go and what pathways to walk and they'll build roads and build houses and farms and stuff like that. Um, and all the while you're controlling the little angel and you're shooting down enemies that are spawning from portals and stuff. And the more and more that you build and develop an area, one by one, you'll start sealing off those portals and there'll be fewer and fewer enemies that are pouring into that region. Uh, in the original game, the way that you sealed off a portal was you just told your townspeople to go there and they would stand there and they would seal it off and it was done. It took 10 seconds. Um, what they did in this game is that every time you go to seal off a portal, First off, in order to do it, you need to have a certain amount of people in your town. So it encourages you to build up the town first. Then once you have enough people, 
they'll go to the portal, they'll stand around it, and they'll start to contain it. And then you have to physically go over to it and select, you know, start start the process. And it will send you into a small side-scrolling level in order to go in and defeat whatever thing is in there spawning the enemies. So it kind of incorporates additional you know, really small side-scrolling levels throughout the town segments. So it's cool. You know, you're like, okay, I, I keep getting a little flavor of the side-scrolling part. It's nothing super significant, but it keeps the action going back and forth. The other thing that it does is that there are certain parts of the towns, you know, maybe five or six times throughout, you know, your full development of the town, there will be a, you know, a wave of enemies that come to attack that uh, it's more like people call it a tower defense game where you have to build up either turrets or build up buildings or you know whatever strategically place stuff around so that way as the enemies are coming into your town one by one they'll get picked off and uh, and the other thing that they've done is with this whole new treatment of the game they've added a lot more storytelling and a lot more writing and so every town in the game has a unique race uh well a unique culture of people and they also have a dedicated like champion or hero and that character is one that you can physically take control of and give orders to to help defeat the enemies as they're coming in so you'll have whatever buildings you've built but then you can tell your you know warrior person to move here move there whatever be wherever they need to be to help fight them off it's it's different but it's fun and I, I personally have really enjoyed that aspect of it. And every time you beat an area, that character, that hero will awaken and you will gain a special treasure from that hero, which allows you to summon them to battle in the other towns in the world. So you go to the other towns, you're doing whatever there, you get the hero that's there, but then you can also call upon the ones that you've already awoken from the previous previous levels. So it, you know, it builds on it and there's some more strategy that gets incorporated because you're pulling in people from all these different areas that have different skills and, and different support abilities and whatnot. I've been having a lot of fun with this game. Um, the people I've talked to have seemingly had gripes about the the town stuff and too much tower defense and it's too easy and all this other stuff and yeah the game is honestly pretty easy but you know what that's okay not every game needs to be the hardest thing ever you know i think that the game is fun and that first and foremost is why i'm playing a game right now like i want to enjoy what i'm doing and not everything has to be impossible there are certain encounters that are tough or challenging and later in the game there are levels that you might have to try multiple times but other than that you know it hasn't been a super difficult game but it's been very playable it's been very fun it's only 20 dollars, and currently it is available on the switch the playstation 4 uh android phones and microsoft windows so i assume that means steam um, or any other online, you know, game storefront. And I think more than anything, I I support and love this game so much because they went back, they pulled from the an you know the 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 annals of history, and they took a game that no one ever thought was going to get another iteration, and they gave it a new one. And I would love to see that reverence and that treatment for older games become more popular 
you know, I would love to see companies looking backwards at what things to breathe new life into rather than, you know, only doing new IPs and, and things like that, because there's, there's plenty of franchises that, that could be really beneficial to have a new entry in and, right. uh, and, you know, might drive interest backwards and have people go the reverse and, and want to seek out the older games and try and play those because they think the new one was so much fun. And, uh, you know, I, I love that, you know, being a retro gamer at heart, uh, this definitely just made me smile, you know, ear to ear when I saw the announcement trailer of it and I've been having a lot of fun with it. And, I, you know, I think it's worth a shot, guys. 20 bucks is not bad. If that if, if those gameplay styles are interesting to you, whether or not you've played the original, I say give it a shot. You know, um, it's it's been it's been fun. It's been a good trip down memory lane. And honestly, I'll probably play the original on Super Nintendo after I beat this one because it's just it's just a fun game and I'm I'd probably still be in the mood for more. Um, but yeah, I uh I think that'll that'll probably wrap it up for this retro nouveau. But ActRaiser Renaissance from Square Enix, uh, definitely, definitely give it a, a, a play. Check it nice. out. Nice, nice, nice. Cool. I'm, I'm glad you liked it. I haven't played it yet. But I think that'll be uh, the next game that I get after I finish Metroid. Nice. Which I'm having a lot of fun yeah. with, by the way. Oh, um, yeah. Uh, love, yeah. Love it. So, yeah, so uh, thanks a lot for that. It sounds sounds really cool no problem um, 20 bucks yeah you can't go wrong with 20 bucks and it's just download only right it's, there's no physical copy as anything. far as i know i don't know if there's anybody going to be doing a physical version of it i wouldn't be surprised but there's nothing that's been announced yeah yeah all right so uh that pretty much wraps up the episode so yeah. uh does anyone have any prunes i think we're uh so long in the tooth here i'm gonna skip prunes okay yeah me too then yeah i i'm i don't have much i i wrote a new article on my eight bytes blog and published it uh today october 18th so that is still going slowly but surely so check it out if you're interested in food yeah. or or you know reading about it uh but yeah that's about it cool nice and also as uh as of you no know, today uh october 18th it's uh nintendo's 36th birthday happy birthday Original the, NES. The NES. Happy birthday, original yeah. NES. Yeah, that's freaking insane. As of the recording of this episode. As of the recording of this episode, yeah. So that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So that wraps up the episode. If you haven't jumped ship by now, we certainly hope you enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all the things that make growing up awesome. If you like what you've heard, please hit that little subscribe button and like us on our Facebook and Twitter pages. That would be so cool. All right. As well as being a part of the Inebriart Podcast Network, Retro Octopus is a full-fledged member of the Dorkman Podcast Network. So if you get a chance, please check out these amazing shows like Throwdown Thursday, Super Retro Throwback Reviews, and Amalga Files. I have been your host, Nintendo, and... Be good to one another, stay safe, seek help if you need it, and have a happy and safe Halloween.